Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Chipotle, Chipotle. Got an in. Yeah, I'm surprised there's not more shit stolen from your your previous uh, jobs. Yeah, well, I didn't steal you know. anything from my jobs. <laughs> I'm not, no, no, I'm I'm not that more, guy. I'm more. I'm talking more to Jeff. Oh yeah, Jeff's that guy. Like, you should have like utensils, couple well, of you mug, know, glasses. What happened with that with Trek was that they to try to keep us from taking stuff. They took a list of names and a list of things that we would like to <laughs> list have. Of and the 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 portents was that if Paramount said it was okay, a lot of us would get these various things. Well, it turned out there was a certain individual that was the last to be let go that had started that list, took all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's when leave so, gets all the shit. So I I I do have a few items that were absconded from from Corks. Well, you should have stayed. That you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, man, just stay in that job, man. Well, you know, if I could have, <laughs> you'd be like that, like the Phantom of the Opera, but Phantom of the Plant. Uh, where was it? Sorry, the, the Westgate. Phantom of the experience is here. Phantom of the Westgate. You can t- and no one cares because no one's at the Westgate. <laughs> you can some. You can sometimes hear '80s Jeff stalking through the hallways. <laughs> Last track. And what does that sound like? <laughs> you hear in the distance. The parking is ample. <laughs> the underground lake is only there when it rains. Sorry? The underground lake oh, is right, right. there when it rains. Sorry, what, donuts on the table. What underground lake? <laughs> Under the, the Westgate? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you so, see, Mon, I recently saw Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, no, Mon, you recently had a drink is what's going on. It's not Crickets. the beer. Crickets. I'm it'll high be, on it'll be edited out. Don't worry. You're high on unemployment? <laughs> is that, what? <laughs> You got all this free time. This this is why you the conservatives have... hate people on unemployment. <laughs> well, I'm not on unemployment. <laughs> they make podcasts. I'm, 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 I am un- no, that I'm they, they, unemployed. They think I'm we're not all high. Yeah. 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 Listen, you should have K's gaming table built already. Mm-hmm. What yep. are you waiting for? Mm-hmm. Okay, I got stuff. I got well, I oh. got lists of stuff. I'm getting shit done, man. My apartment. <laughs> I don't clean. have a job. I can get things done. Ah. Your apartment's clean, but not yet. It's getting there. Steps, man. Are you a secret hoarder? Uh, no, he has hoarder. two kids that live with him. That's why no. it's a no, mess. Uh, no, I'm not a secret hoarder. Yeah, he's an open I'm hoarder. A hoarder. Oh, he's, an, okay. he's just he's just a low level hoarder. I've gotten he's, to the point where I can. Oh no, he's a twentieth level. You, hoarder. you haven't There's gotten no to pathways yet, where you have pathways yeah. leading. Certain I've gotten areas. to the point where I can actually throw things away, but anything that might end up being art later on has to sit in a box. So there's tons of boxes of possible art materials. You you are art in potential. Yes, but Did you're you, not on the hoarding level of. Uh, Oh, I just totally blanked out on his name. Yeah, good Hammergren. story. Hammergren. Thank you, Lonnie Hammergren. That's why Andy goes there to seek right. inspiration. No, no, no he, he it's goes a version therapy. No, I was gonna say he goes there to make himself feel better about his hoarding. He's like, he can go there and go. Well, I know I'm not this bad. Honestly, there's something wrong with my whole family's brain that uh, we do that. My my brother has managed to fight it, but he actively fights it. I Me, mean, I live the Spartan lifestyle. Oh yeah, no, my anyway. my whole family, like my mother, would never throw anything away. Um, I, I have that, but usually when it comes down to like, if I'm moving Mm -hmm. or if I, you know, get the, the urge to straighten something up, I start paring down my, 
you know, collection. I'll throw yeah. things away, donate things, etc. I, I may put uh, up some very interesting eBay listings in the next few weeks, so we'll see. I've uh, already got the cursed unicorn. I've got this uh, unicorn that shoots balls out of its mouth. The, 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 the three people it's been on the desk of has been have been left the company. So oh, that's cursed. why it's cursed. Yes. Okay. I was like, one of the cursed. So I'm, not, I'm not thinking somebody wants it for themselves. I think it's also a, cursed. the balls in mouth unicorn. Yes, exactly. I'm hoping people <laughs> will buy it to leave on somebody they don't like to ask. I was going to say, you, you generously took it. You didn't leave it behind. Um, if I thought I could have gotten away with leaving it on my boss's desk, but I know he would have just round filed it, so it would have you know, gone to waste. Uh, <clears throat> well, there's worse things you could have left on your boss's desk. <laughs> Welcome, folks. This is Geek Shop number 392. <laughs> He's nodding yes, but he yeah. already did it. <laughs> I'm Master Dorgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact Jack Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. You know, if I'd been thinking, I would have just cleverly put a sardine in the back of his drawer every day and took it out every night. So, you know, the time when I don't come back, the sardine stays. No, what you do is you tape it underneath the drawer. Right, except Nobody ev- ever looks underneath the right, drawers. Right, but every day you have to do it so that, you know, because I didn't know yeah. when I was going to be fired. So, uh, yeah. Sure, so. <laughs> this, we would have run into some money on sardines, though. The non-pull tap. Yeah, that's why you do it one time, like Jeff's saying. <laughs> yeah, there is a, a better way. Yeah, <laughs> I have to sneak back in and do it. <laughs> Gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? I started up a uh, fact check trek again. Finally, yay! We're yes. on it again. Woo-hoo. I have to read those two. Oh man, the journey continues. Uh, the the partially it was that you know just shit got real. But partially, Cat's Paw Man just stymied me. That thing is fucking bizarre. It's hard to get through if Woo. you if you. Uh, oh, that one! Aren't yeah, like a, a really, really. Super you know the one with the giant it. cat wearing a crystal, and Alistair Crowley for no reason, and the two uh, little uh, miniature Muppet things. Yeah, from, Muppet uh, chickens. Yeah. What Muppet, are you, what are you doing? You're very chickens. loud today. It's a new mic. He's drunk. I'm not drunk. I don't know. You're very loud today. Like, right. like, were you emceeing something? No, I'm just happy. Are you sure. Happy, uh, happy, happy, uh, happy, told joy, you, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, Sorry. Uh, I was watching all the E3 stuff, so that's all I Yes, E3 I stuff was pretty awesome. All right. Do you want to cover that now? you want to wait till news? Uh, I think we, we, I don't know. It's your call. Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah. All right. Let's talk E3. You're, you're uh, the producer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Thanks so for reminding me. Call. Jeez, I have a thing to do. <laughs> He has something to produce. Well, every year I do the Zip. E3 the same way. I, Before I see any coverage of any kind, I watch... Usually, used to be the big three. Nintendo, Sony, and, X, and the Xbox. This year and a couple years prior, I've only done Sony and Microsoft, and that's it. Nintendo kind of lost me during the Wii days. After that whole Wii Play... Uh, fiasco of just awfulness. Oh, God, yeah. The, the air instruments. Yes. That, that signed me out of Nintendo. I Almost for good. Uh, I hear that Nintendo's presentation was the thing to see. That that was the best so far this year. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just don't think I'm in a Nintendo guy anymore. I think they're way too gimmicky. Lately, it, it, it's it's lately it's well, they've yeah. been that way since two thousand like decade decade so. gimmicky wide yeah. I keep going back and forth. I, I I go between being intrigued by the switch, and then just being completely uninterested in the switch. I mean, yeah, it's like seeing their advertising for the switch. Yeah, it brings me there. When's the last time you went to a party and was like, "Hey, you got a switch? I got a switch. Did you bring your switch?" And we'll we'll battle. 
Like nobody does that shit. Nobody. Well, and the and the whole way that they advertise it too, because I guess it's got like a kickstand on the back of the uh, screen. But you know, you're sitting there playing. It's like, oh hey, you want to play too? You snap off one of the controllers and hand it to him, and you can play off of the same tiny little screen. Little, yeah. I I I like the concept of that. I also like the concept of being able to. You're playing on your big screen, and you know you need to run somewhere, take it out with you, because. You know, let's say you have to wait in line for something or you're going to the doctor's office, you have to wait. You could sit there and play your game up until the time that you get called back or whatever. So I I like the idea behind it. But so far, with one exception now, nothing has made me go, ooh, I have to get a Switch to play that game. So what's the exception? Metroid Uh, Metroid 4. Okay. I, I was a big fan of the metroid games back on the original consoles but the uh, last few times they've done a metroid thing, no. it's been a terrible metroid thing. yeah the last the last i think the last two yeah were not great but and i, I didn't even play them because the last take it anywhere <laughs> shoot the last one i played was on the gamecube and i was not uh that was the first person one right yeah yeah i was, wasn't no, as, it was uh, terrible and the control scheme was all goofy. The last one that was good was the one they put out for the Advance, the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, yeah. And it was like the, the, the old school side-scroller yeah. up and down. That one was... I beat the fuck out of that game. They have to completely reinvent that in an old way mm-hmm. for that to be even interesting to me anymore. I feel like Metroid is something that has come and gone. So again, I, I need to see more about it, but I'm kind of excited about Metroid at the same time, still a little trepidatious. And I know the uh, Pokemon and uh, the Mario game seems kind of interesting just because it's just so freaking bizarre. Oh, the one where they ma- match it up with the world of the Rabbids? Where it's just Mario in his own little 3D world in like, oh, like modern so, New York. And so you didn't see the, the Mario plus Rabbids game? Nope. Oh my god, that just looks like a complete clusterfuck. Of, oh, okay. It's, like, two diff- it's two different worlds merged, and it's supposed to be... Sure, and, and I never got into the whole Rabbids thing anyway. No, it was, it okay. was dumb. Is that the GTA? I'm going like, to ask, Mar- what the hell is a Rabbids? Rabbids uh, so. was a... Uh, was it, uh, it wasn't even a, just a Nintendo thing, was it? That was... Across other platforms, too. It was cross-platform, yeah. It was... uh, Think of the Minions, but a few years earlier. And that's kind of what the... They look like rabbits, but they're all kind of insane. And they spell it R-A-B-I-D-S, if I remember correctly. Or maybe it's two Ds. It it, it was pretty popular for a short span of time in the early aughts. But uh, a party game, for the most part, if I remember right. What, What did you do? I could... I, that's how much it stuck with me. I wow. can't even tell you what you did okay. on it. It was, uh, I think there was a party game that they put out, and there was also a platformer game. Okay. Mario, now, Pokemon kind of, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, Mario plus Rabbids. Kingdom battle, game place, turn-based tactical. I What the fuck did you just say? It's a turn-based tactical <laughs> Yeah, thanks, game. Andy. <laughs> it's just, you're now just throwing words out. You're not describing anything. If it was me, there wouldn't be these technical terms. They'd just be random terms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, while he's reading Pokemon, no, I'm just, I, I no, just literally the, told you what you need to know. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, you didn't tell me anything I needed to know. Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle is the name of the game. That much I got. That forms me There nothing. are parts of a sentence. Turn-based tactical combat. Do you not know what turn-based tactical combat is? It's like XCOM, and I don't I don't want Rabbit's XCOM. Okay, well then that's all you. You're th- then we it. don't even need to go any further. No, no, he's probably not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
bringing it back to the Pokemon, and I was like, oh yeah, that's gonna be cool. And then it hit me. I'm not gonna spend what is it, three ninety nine for the Switch? Sounds right. Something like that for the same goddamn story again. Because every single game, Paul said it a few months ago, maybe a year ago at this point. It's just the same game rehashed over and over sure. and over and over. Yeah, but to be over. fair to Nintendo, Paul says that about every game. <laughs> but he's right in that case with that, that game. I'm not saying Nintendo's not making good games. They pr- probably are, especially for this new system. Uh, they got a lot to prove, and they're proving it. Uh, they're just not proving it to me. It just doesn't seem like it's aimed for the kind of games I want. I think when the next gens come out, their Switch is going to be left on the wayside. Oh, I'm sure of it. And, of course, then there was the other two, the Sony and the Microsoft presentations. The Sony presentation was pretty lackluster when it came down to it. Oh, it was so boring. Um, but it started off really bad with no audio, so right there it lost me. <laughs> I was like, wow, really? Well, it, Sony did what they usually do, which is a fine thing. That's just show game after game after game after game. Uh, but most of the game, the only game that really caught my attention was Detroit. Yeah. Uh, like a Detroit something human. It's an, an where you a game where you play an android and oh yeah, and multiple story branches. What you do affects the world. And yeah, that was my top game. I was like, ooh, this looks cool. And then I watched the Xbox one, and they had um, the, the Pirates Sea of Thieves, and I was like, oh, the rare yep, game. Yep, yep, that one took my top is the top E three game I'm looking forward to. But now I'm gonna huh. have to buy an Xbox. But <laughs> Well, which kind of the Xbox 360? Or no, the, I'm gonna uh, go for the Project Scorpio. So the Project X. Scorpio. Okay. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go big. Might as well. Okay. My first console since fucking what was it? PS2. All right. You know, well, we'll uh, have a little, <laughs> little thing here on that. So I'll, I'll read what they introduced. It was the their new console console called the Xbox One X. So it's, which yeah, spells out X B O X. Right. I I, I get it, but. Not since the Wii U was there a poor name for a system. Uh, the new system will deliver true 4K. The Xbox One has six teraflops GPU, 326 giga, gigabytes of uh, memory bandwidth. As promised, the console will be able to run games, stream media, play Blu-ray in true 4K. Comes packed with 12 gigabytes of memory at launch. That's solid. Uh, Amazon page for the Xbox One reveals the console is being equipped with a centrif- centrifugal fan to minimize noise, and a state-of-the-art vapor chamber to ensure efficient cooling. It's also backward compatible, will support all Xbox One games and accessories. It will also make all those previous Xbox One's games look better than they do on standard consoles. It will also be the smallest Xbox ever pr- created. Uh, the Xbox One X will be available worldwide November 7th, retail for $500. Yeah, that's a spicy meatball I'm going to have to swallow, but uh, I think I'm going to do it. Well, we, you know, you know, know the uh, pop set is. It's funny because like you're talking about Fucking how heavy. it's 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 pricey there. Uh, <laughs> Todd and I were talking about this uh, yesterday, and I said, "Well, you know, if you think about it, if you were tried to build a PC with the exact same specs and being able to lock in 60 frames per second at true 4K, <gasps> that thing would cost at least two or three grand. So I don't know how Nintendo, excuse me, how Microsoft." Is able to pack it all into a five hundred. They're prob. I mean, I guarantee you, they're taking a loss on the first round of production models. It's still a seriously powerful system. Here, that you're going to be able to play, you know, for true four K at sixty frames. Here's the thing. I mean, I, we still don't know everything about this system. It's 
a new introduction. Where I think they might be shooting themselves in the foot is that they say that everything within the Xbox One family will be able to play the Xbox One's games. Yes. It's just that the 4K one will look better than all the rest. So why buy an X? Oh, I uh, get it. Oh. No, it's not why buy an X. It's... Wait a minute. What's the why buy? <laughs> the the Xbox why buy? What's the... Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm Fucking sorry. K. Because <laughs> you had the Xbox One, the Xbox One S. How's that pillow feel? And the Xbox, <laughs> well, and the Xbox X, One X. The One S is apparently going to completely replace the the original Xbox sure. One uh, because it's smaller. It has the 4K Blu-ray and still does all the same stuff. So you're essentially going to have two versions of the Xbox. You're going to have the Xbox One S and the back, Xbox One X. Yes, but people still own the Xbox One. So yes. when you're programming your games, yes. you have to keep those three things in mind. Actually, no, you don't, because that's what they were talking about in the um, the developer conference that I watched online, is that okay. uh, he says that you, you only need to program for one console. If you program for the X, all the other systems are going to pick up that same game. So you don't have to separately program for the S and the X. But at, on one way, you do. because Not in a separate way, but when you're thinking about your game, mm-hmm. if you want the game to take advantage of that much firepower under the hood, yes. you are going to have to constrain yourself of what you can program because you also have to make sure that it runs on this other lesser system. But that's the thing, is that it automatically, because of the way they've structured the software and the architecture, it will automatically run on all the other systems. So you don't have to necessarily program for a quote-unquote lesser system because the core, it's, it's like... So it translates out some of the... Yeah, the, uh, it, essentially, some essentially of the, uh, you have the core program and then you have that other layer on top of it. So you're still programming just for the X, but that 4K layer just automatically gets kind of scaled down for the S. Are you telling me that if you programmed a game that is going to be take advantage of everything that's under the hood of an X, that you won't be constraining yourself in everything that you want to do so that it can also run on this slower system. That's, that's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm thinking on this. If, if you've got big plans for your huge game that's going to take advantage of all this, all this processor power, mm-hmm. but what you want it to do won't, work as necessary as well in this other processor, you have to constrain yourself. It's like watching a political debate in German. It's amazing. <laughs> I understand hardly any of this. This is great, but it's very fascinating. Away. Put, the, Put pillow the pillow away. Kirsten's got it. <laughs> oh. I, I mean, I don't know how to address it to, to answer it to, the, to your satisfaction. And again, it's it's, not, like I said, it's not something we necessarily have the answers for, yeah. but it's the big question. It's like if you want something that's the best and the greatest and the best this game's going to be i guess if you have to if think about it this way so there like there's all no the game existing... that's just for the x so what? <sighs> all right we, we let, have to me... talk in these things because saying xbox one x every time i don't is know going to give me an i'm aneurysm. trying to think how to dumb it down here so whoa he's calling you wow dumb. no yeah, i'm not calling him dumb. dumb i'm just trying <laughs> to <laughs> to make it more excited let's just do <laughs> oh <laughs> Wait, all right, so so, so look at it this way: all the existing <laughs> we covered that games, 15 minutes ago. all the existing games that you have on the S play on the X, correct? Yes. And then you have a layer for the X that allows you to access the 4K 
and the enhanced capabilities. So you're not necessarily programming directly for the S, but you have it as a s sort of separate layer. So it's still all that same development that goes into it, but then you kind of wall it off for the S. So you're not programming separately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, got, you, I got that you, much. You wall it off. It's the same thing. Well, the, the, here's another perfect example. PC games. Mm -hmm. They already have loaded in all this high-end capability, but your system can play on the lower settings, correct? You can pop in a game. You can not play it on the not lower. Not my system, Well, no. not <laughs> In general, if you have a reasonable graphics card and a reasonable amount of memory and a CPU in your system, you can still play that game, right? You just sure. play it on the lower settings. Think of it that way. It's all inherently built into the game. Mm -hmm. You're just not able to access those higher settings. Sure. But before long, that separates, and eventually that the developer wants to do something that the shorter system can't do, and that's my concern. Well, well stop being a council plebe. <laughs> Go out there and... <laughs> I shouldn't say that since I'm about to turn into one. But... <laughs> a council plebe? Console. Okay. Plebe. I thought you said council too. Okay. But uh, either way... Maybe I did, Andy. Maybe you did. Maybe I did. <laughs> so I'm saying the Xbox X looks interesting. It's definitely the yes. better presentation. The Xbox One X? The Xbox One X. Okay. That's the new thing. Gotcha. Why couldn't it just be Microsoft... Xbox Scorpio. I would have preferred that. My question is, those games that they will make for the Xbox X, will they look as good on a lesser system? Yes, they're using they're using super sampling to You're an asshole. make it look <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, just stop. Yes. <laughs> Look at his face. Actually, that was for Todd, but. <laughs> uh... <laughs> no. All right. So Duncan asked me if I was going to talk about Xbox or anything. I'm like, no, I won't. I don't know a damn thing. <laughs> but trust me, there'll be some Xbox. There'll be some. They'll be uh... talking. It won't involve me. Uh, not Xbox. Uh, the uh, E3. <laughs> I don't know. Mo uh, all these, uh, like you brought up the pirate game. Yes. What's it called? Something Seas? Uh, sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. Thieves of Sea. No, Sea of Thieves. <laughs> so. Multiplayer only game. Yes. Uh, that one, and there was quite a few of those multiplayer only games. Not my cup. I, oh, I, come on. You get, so me, you, Jeff, Kay, all of Xbox, you want to run a ship together? Go yeah, around. but when are we all available at the same time to play? I wasn't, oh, right. I know. Eight o'clock When we on do Tuesdays. this show on Tuesdays. <laughs> I'm just saying, there is that scenario, which makes that game a lot of fun. Well, that's it's that's why I got... That's that's why I don't do a lot of online gaming anymore, because the people that he I used to... doesn't want to meet us. Uh, no, it's the, the people that I used to online game with aren't available at the times that I'm available. Because I work nights... And What's the common denominator there, Jeff? Is that everybody has a different <laughs> schedule now than when I did 15 years ago? Listen, you go out in the digital world, meet new people. Uh, Are they really people, I know though? People. I'm good. Sometimes I'm fine with multiplayer gaming. I start guilt playing. Let me explain. Guilt playing? Guilt playing. Let me explain. Because, you know, I, I would get uh, roped in with the people I know, people I don't, into a multiplayer game. And I may or may not have a lot of time to play, 
the amount of time that I get to play varies. So once I'm in a multiplayer game, and it's a game that thrives in a multiplayer, you need multiplayer to do it. I then, know you're going with this. Then I'm like, I can't leave. And uh, because all of a sudden this game is out of whack. I mean, right. if it's like a, you know, something Call of Duty where, you know, right, right. a bunch of strangers going, you can in and out that no Fuck matter what. Fuck those guys. Guys. Party. Who's going to betray everyone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. That's you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Todd. I that know, is Todd's method of playing. I know. <laughs> so I end He's up. He's gone. I, we might succeed. So I end up. <laughs> Either playing longer than I intended to because I like I don't want to break the game up. It's working really well for everyone. Or I'm like uh, I gotta end this really quick because I know I'm not gonna have time to do this. And that's mm-hmm. when he betrays everyone. That's when I betray mm-hmm. everyone. Another one too, Shadow of War. Yeah. Shadow of Mortars. Um, next the sequel. Yeah, the sequel. There we go. That game looks great. Yeah. yeah. I like the first one though. The first one was fantastic. So yeah, you were I was, that first one. So it wasn't my cup of tea. I ended up fast forwarding to that part of the presentation. It's like a state of decay. I really like the first one. I want to see what they do to build off of that. So they all have of in them. Hmm. Yeah, of is what I need in the game. Okay. You need of. If I don't, you need lots of of. If the game was called Mass of Effects, mm-hmm. I would have played it longer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no man's of sky. Yeah, no man's of sky. <laughs> uh, we would have a show because if he's still playing, there's a lot of loving for that oven. <laughs> There's actually the first Assassin's Creed that I'm uh, interested in because they go back to ancient Egypt. And I'm like, that's really cool. That was Microsoft too, right? Yeah, that was in the Microsoft presentation. They definitely beat up Sony. But that's not an exclusive. No, it's not an exclusive, but... But they were showing off with the goods. It looks good. And don't get me wrong, I'm going to call it the Scorpio because, damn it, the Xbox Scorpio looks amazing. When they brought up the Forza... Footage. Oh, Jesus, that was ridiculous. I have never seen rendering like that uh, on a console in my life. Beautiful. Absolutely stunning. Any other E3 stuff you want to bring up, gentlemen? Because this ship is sailing. Well, I have a question. Mm. Oh, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Does it have to do with the resolution? (laughs) (laughs) Developer programming. Yeah, really, really. Is the the resolution any better on New Year's Day than New Year's Eve? (laughs) I, I just haven't been in a position to get a new console. I've still got my 360, knock on wood, same one I've always had. Never gotten the red ring of death. I probably just think jinx myself. <laughs> You're going to go home tonight, red yeah, ring of exactly. death? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I threw well, myself you, on that bum for you. You got the slim version, which is where they had already tackled the red ring. Yeah, yeah, I, I actually did wait. Did you say you threw yourself on that bum? Bomb. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was great. A friend comes in bomb? from out of great. town. He actually gets a room at a little hotel. So we can all get together and land. Ah. I bring my box. Andy brings his box. We had my friend, and we both made sure we updated all the. We shit updated before, everything before the we day left the before, house. so everything would sync up right. Got all our cables. My friend actually went out and on the cheap bought a couple of thirty-two inch screens. Had them Amazon sent to him. Yeah, I think, at the hotel. exactly. So we're setting up this game set, and I'm on my side. The screens are back-to-back. I'm on my side. I'm setting up, plugging in. I press on. I'm going through, scrolling through. And I hear from the other side, is that the red ring of death? And Andy's like, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and our friend Ben, uh, Malice of Ben, is like, dude, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and it did. His, his Xbox died. On that on this eventful day. Now, to Ben's credit, he was really cool. Got a new Xbox right then and there. Brought it in, and then we couldn't 
download the updates. <laughs> oh, so he buys him an Xbox so we can LAN, and then we can't do any updating because we don't have the right connection to Wi-Fi or anything. Holy Jesus. Wow. So we ended up four screening on my box. Uh, you did get a new <laughs> Xbox out of that, so that was cool. Did, yeah, yeah. But Jesus, that was it was just surreal, too. It's, I just hear in this background conversation, is that the Red Ring of Death? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of the 360, it was funny. When we were watching the uh, the presentation. I had already seen it, but uh, when they were talking about backwards compatibility, Todd jokingly goes, yeah, what's next? They're going to re- you know open it up to the original Xbox games? And I was like, how'd you know? He goes, what do you mean? I was like, that like, was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> and then sure enough, not 10 seconds later, they announced that, that it was... Yeah, Xbox That's, One X will be backwards compatible with Xbox. Well, no, the games. S2. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The all, Xbox all. S2 is going to be a... Wait, how many are there now? <laughs> I'm wow. done. I'm you're done just with deliberately you're trying, trying to... Wow. <laughs> so now you're now, just doing it on purpose. <laughs> will the Xbox games... <laughs> I can't even finish now. Todd just gives me a look. <laughs> <laughs> on the Xbox He's your X, death will they, <laughs> the Xbox X2. X2 or S2? Which one are you talking about? I'm talking about the Scorpio. Oh, okay. I'm done. I'm done with it. Done, done, done. We'll talk Wonder Woman. Spoiler. At the end? At the end of the show. Yes. So we'll, we'll give you a warning when that happens, but uh, we promised and we will deliver. Uh, anything else, Gigi, you do this week, guys? I saw Wonder Woman no. again. No, no. I was just, I'm, I just wanted another look from you. No. <laughs> I watched. Uh, you're, you're get plenty of looks from me tonight. I watched Gantz on uh, Netflix. Gantz? Gantz? I think that's what it was. Gantz Zero or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Tell me about it. Uh, it's um, it's weird and surreal. A guy. It starts off with a bunch of people and what? This is animated, right? I mean, okay. did you see it? I haven't seen it, but it, it's animated, but it's. Pretty realistic animation. The computer um, animation. Stuff. It's a bunch of people fighting monsters in Japan, but they're oh my god, dead. that's so unoriginal. But they're dead. I mean, they're apparently the people that died, and they somehow resurrected them as characters in a game fighting robots. Except it's not a game; it's actually happening in the real life. It's, and I was confused about the Xbox yeah. thing. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's pretty well done it's called gans g it's like gans zero or something like that or gams gams well it's gans (laughs) g-a-n-t-z gans zero now that one of the hooks about them becoming real and fighting the monsters is they're on the xbox one x (laughs) yes (laughs) so and it's it's backwards compatible because they died before (laughs) so it's bringing them back yeah so backwards compatible backwards compatible have you seen it because you're right on the right on the money man (laughs) oh my goodness excuse me somebody's allergic to anime i think you're allergic Mm. to donuts no (laughs) little chocolate donuts (laughs) (laughs) no yeah i ran a lot of miles those days and i ate a lot of donuts little chocolate donuts (laughs) jeez you're still going wow wow don't snort the powdered donuts. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, finished Salem's Lot again on my quest to get to the ah, Dark Tower. Ah. So uh, that's whoa, that's a good book, yeah. Salem's Lot. Wow. Isn't it? Yeah. I really enjoy that. And the... Uh, uh, Does it have a vampire baby in it? Yes. Yeah, I do and remember the, that. There is a... It's not 
you know, not a big part of it. No, but, but it's it's one of the little like ones like, ooh, that's creepy. What was fun is, I mean, this book's from what seventy five. Yeah, and so isn't it his second? It is his second book, uh, Stephen King, and putting your mind in that not just that setting for the story, but setting of when he's writing it and what exists in horror mm-hmm. around that time, and you realize how groundbreaking this novel is for a lot of this stuff of just bringing well, vampires to a small town for one thing, yeah. right? And so it was fun to explore that and say, well, this this now feels, you know, this has been done many times because it has been done many times since. But this is a is a first. Mm-hmm. And uh, Father Callahan is the character that is then in Wolves of the Kala. Ah. And uh, and a big part, it turns out, because I've started reading that again. Oh, really? And yeah, he's a major character, at least in the beginning of the novel. He is mm. I can't say going forward, but. King is good at bringing in weird little details that, that nail down the time period. I mean, uh, what's the uh, what's the one with the uh, psychic? The guy sees a future. Um, Dead Zone. Dead Zone. Dead yeah. Zone. Um, when the guy comes out of the coma, he doesn't know how long he's been in the coma, and somebody hands him a pen, and it's a flare pen, and he's like, "What the hell is that?" He's, you know, because a flare pen has come into existence while he's been in the coma. It's probably out of existence now. You probably can't get a flare pen anymore. Yeah, right now there are a whole bunch of twenty somethings <laughs> yeah. going. What the fuck is fact check talking about? It's a flare. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering what the flare pen is. What are you talking <laughs> it's, it's, about? It's, well, was, people when they write and they do fancy tricks, yeah. they like throw it over their shoulder and uh, catch it behind. For them a and, while, they were trying to replace ballpoint pens with hop, markers, basically, and it was like it, they had been a zillion colors, and that was the way people were going to sign things, and yes, then it went did. away, like the digital watch. I remember those. Those things dried out. Yes, they did. Ugh. You're okay. so old. I'm so old, yes. <laughs> I was sitting at a table so tonight, remember, and I was the youngest you person like at the quill, table. Like Quill? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Peter Quill. Ink and Quill. Yeah. Is oh, that he, what you're trying to get? cracked yeah, himself up but, there. You know, I couldn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm very glad that I stopped to read Salem's Lot before continuing on, just to get the background of that character. Right. Because he's a big character in Salem's Lot. Yeah. And so I'm excited to go for it. Good. <laughs> it's a good book. I remember reading it because a friend of mine in school who was the class clown actually said, Salem's Lot, yeah, you know, that movie, that that book actually scared me. It's like the only book that ever scared me. And I was just like, if it scared him, uh-huh. I'd like to read this. So, yeah, So if you are taking the Dark Tower journey... Uh, make sure you have read Salem's Lot because it is a part of the Dark Tower series, oh. as far as I'm concerned. And the journey continues onward. Wolves of the Kala's near 800 pages. So, uh, and my copy is—is is yours the same? Or you're on Kindle, aren't you? Yeah. My copy was that that tall paperback, yes. mass market. I fucking hate those. I don't understand. You know where that started, right? The Mm-mm. tall t- paperbacks. What? They, uh, the. The big three uh, publishers out there did this called, a survey of all their readers and so on, uh. took in all this information into what they wanted in a book so they could figure out how to sell more paperbacks. And everything they got out of that survey was that, oh, people want taller books. God. Sure and the whole reason I like mass market is because they're small. Yes. They're small. They take up the perfect amount of space. Yeah. Damn it. So, yeah. Are they still making books like that? I, I, I've seen a few on the shelves. I don't know if it's like 
you know, if maybe they then those are the last of the print and they're just on shelves or there's because it seems to me most of them are back. Most, most of them most, are back most to regular mass market are back to the real paperback the real size. Books. They're also still making flare pens. See, you you can uh, there you, you go. can you can live your youth. Mail yes. your flare pens and we'll give them to Andy. <laughs> don't don't mail me your flare pens. Seriously, don't ma- mail me. Just those. mail flare bartenders instead. Get out of here. <laughs> Anything else you do this week, gentlemen? I finished uh, season five of Arrow. Um, Andy would have loved it because it goes deep into the psychological consequences of being murdery. All right. <clears throat> and uh, it was weird, too, because it ended on a major cliffhanger, like there was an explosion. Mm. That, and I was just like, holy mackerel, that's a pretty big cliffhanger. Well, hmm. thanks a lot. Yeah. He didn't say who got blown up. Yeah, what? He said there was a big explosion. That's, yeah, so? That's not spoiling anything. So? Spoiling all of his effects happiness. Don't don't take, yeah. that, don't take his effects <laughs> away from him. Oh, you know what, Mr. Slade? Wait, oh, F- no, he's not dead. Is the FX an Xbox, too? This this is gonna hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. Here comes Andy creeping in. You didn't yeah. you didn't watch uh, Get Up to Date on uh, the Flash or uh, uh, Supergirl? Actually, I'm gonna do Flash last. Oh. I am now going to essay Legends of Tomorrow because Netflix streaming has gotten all the new seasons. Are you just binging them all, or are you yeah. watching them? Because like, no, there's several yes. of them that tie together. Yes, That's why I, I know. Like, and I went through oh, that okay. on Arrow, and I was like. Uh, no, I'm not gonna do it. I'll I gotta, just do I it. gotta watch them in order. You really, yes, yeah, so you really need to go. Supergirl, Flash, Legends, Arrow, and the in the it like in each episode, like episode cool. one, one, one. Because I'm going backwards. This will okay. be fun. All right. <laughs> well, good luck with that thing. for you. Yeah. What? There's a lot of mixing. It's a time travel thing. There's a lot of mixing and matching that you have to know what season of Arrow and matches you have to know with especially episodes. yeah when they you know drop little Easter eggs about the like you know yeah there's lists there's lists online that's You're how I watch that. that's how I watch the first bunches I okay. yeah. watch them in the order that they said online yeah. now I mean yeah he it does have a point because like there is a character in the latter half of Arrow who comes out of all of this crossover shit that they do. Yeah, but you know, I just rolled with it because it's like I'm, I'm just gonna do, gonna do this. It's like reading X X Men comics in the late '80s. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's like reading comics now. Oh, okay, yeah. have, you, have, have you picked up any of the right now? It's just like uh, I need this Story one. Story continued in blah blah blah. Huh? Yeah, okay, that's oh great. cap and hydro. Okay, right, blah blah. You know. So why is no one buying comics anymore? By the way, know. Michael. Uh, I haven't been. I I can't get it right now, but I will eventually get Kaiju Max. Oh, uh, excellent! Yeah, my, uh, Michael from Sh- Shock Monkey's Lair oh. has re recommended it, and it does look hella good. Yeah, yeah. Really that's Xander Cannon. Yeah, yeah, my bud. Yeah, cool. Your bud Xander. Yeah, how's he doing? He's doing okay. Where is he? Uh, Minnesota, I believe. Minnesota. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, tell him I said hi. I will. I don't know. <laughs> Minnesota. Tell him he'll have notes on his comic yeah, <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah, but Kaiju Max, it, it, the concept sounds great. It's, and it um, just... Kaiju Prison. It's a kid. It's a prison for a kaiju. It's okay. it's Monster right. Island. Yeah, the oh, okay. kaiju are on the island, and the the prison guards are basically Ultramen. Ah, <laughs> fun. Yeah. So it was just it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But now, this I, I is not this it. has not been compiled to trade, or has it? It is. I yes, think. it is. Okay. He was recommending the trades. Okay. Does, so. Who here still reads individual comic books? I don't read. I do. I don't read good. Do you yeah, read it at all? Gotcha. Well, gotcha. he's got to translate you can go from to Canadian. School. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. For kids who don't read so. You just got to add a few A's. Yeah. In theory, I still read uh, Nights at the Dinner Table, but I'm about four years behind. What? <laughs> but I got them all. I can, I, can, I can translate. He still reads Nights at the Dinner Table, but he's a few years behind. Okay. okay. Right. All right. Yeah, I, uh, that's the one that I've been loyally getting for the past few years now. Nights? Night. It, yeah, all the others, you drop off, you come back, it doesn't really matter. Who gives a shit? Well, I've intentionally been waiting for the current Back to the Future IDW run mm. to conclude so that I can get it as a trade because sure. they had been putting them out as individual issues. And while the story sounded really intriguing to me, I didn't want to keep buying issue after mm. issue after issue. It's Plus, they were doing two or three variant covers for each one. And I'm just like, look, I don't, you know, it's cool and I really love your art. But at the same time... If you get the trade, that's usually in the back. Yeah, exactly. The trade has all those covers. So I'm like, no, yeah. I'm just going to wait till you compile it all. That's the weird catch-22 with comic books right now. Is they, they still do the direct market. They still... The big profit is in the small books. But a lot of people would rather read it in trades. And some people just like get it from bookstores or mm -hmm. whatever. They don't yeah. even go to the comic shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Oh, yeah. Have you been to Barnes & Noble? Their, their, their trade section. It's massive. It's, mm -hmm. it's insane. Yeah. I know I've told this before, but people probably haven't heard it because it came in later, but uh, um, Phil, Phil and Kaya Folio that do uh, Girl Genius, they put out maybe nine, eight or nine issues of Girl Genius as a comic book and realized they weren't making any money on the individual comics. And so they just said, screw it. We'll put them all in line. So I think there's 16 or 17 graphic novel volumes of girl genius now hmm. you can read the whole damn story online yep but the trade sell but going from the comic you know paper comics to online they went from having a couple thousand readers to having a couple million readers and right. that brings up their number of people that'll buy the graphic novel it's amazing uh, yeah. order of the stick uh howard taylor's schlock mercenary same model they're free web comics but their trades are out there and people buy them and they they make they make their money. Yeah, Penny Arcade did that too. You know, they had the free web comic forever, but then when they finally got their publishing rights back, put out all of their back catalog, which was all available online. You could still go back and read their entire back catalog when they put these out. But people were buying them left and right, you know, because you had the whole compilation there available to read in one sitting. Instead of having to click on the previous, previous, previous to yeah. go through them all. So, yeah, it's once you get the fan base, then you get the money. Sure, <laughs> well, this is what I'm saying about the Catch-22 thing, is that I know Marvel recently canceled the Wakanda book. That they oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And there isn't enough released yet to even compile a trade. They are, yeah. They're going to end up compiling a single trade. But there are people who are really interested in that book and they want to wait for the trade to come out to buy it. And right. So it's it, that's the weird. So then it gets canceled because nobody's buying the single. Right. You ever heard of a comic called Cancelled Comic Cavalcade? Uh -uh. Uh, if, even if I had, please tell everybody. There's two issues of it, and it's a whole bunch of books that were canceled. Um, it's like I think there's a Commandy issue of Commandy. It's like it's like the last issue of a bunch of comics that they'd already written and drawn but hadn't published. Somehow to keep the publication rights or to keep the something rights on it, 
they had to publish it, and they published like a really small number, like like a like hundred of each copy of this canceled comic Cavalcade, which is a graphic novel full of the and the last issue of a bunch of comic DC comics in black and white. Okay, yeah, from this late seventies, maybe. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's it's like one of those. Uh, those weird, rare things that you, you know, those things when you're working in a comic shop, like, ooh, I wonder if that'll ever come. I like that. I like that concept. Though. Yeah. New Darth Vader number one. They they started a new Darth Vader uh, uh, series volume arc. Same creative team, as, as far as I can tell. So does that mean the original numbering is done? Now it's a new numbering? Yeah, of one? it looks like it. Yeah, because it is. It's a Darth Vader number one. What, what volume two, number one? Probably, okay. <laughs> but it's funny because once again, why didn't they do the Darth Vader number one X? Yeah, there you go, one X, <laughs> X two. Um, it's funny too because it starts with the iconic end of Revenge of the Sith. Literally, the opening splash page is Vader going no, really, <laughs> and it's so funny because. And that the, goes like for five pages. Yeah, that's okay. right. Just five <laughs> big splash pages too. Um, but it's 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 really amazing because once again they actually do credit to the prequel series. They make it interesting, and the conversation between Vader and the Emperor and Vader trying to adjust himself um, is is. It, it it's really it's really funny it's really awesome huh it it's it's just yeah what they're what they're doing is just it's so weird too the way they they'll do these great stories and do tidbits involving the fucking prequels and it's just like jesus they're making this shit work it's amazing okay i just looked it up and it, the story's even crazier than i thought with canceled comic cavalcade oh give it to it me was the, it was the uh the uh dc implosion in 1978 where a whole bunch of 30 titles were canceled Okay. Uh, a summer '72 two-issue Ashcan series was published. The work in limited quantity, solely to establish the cop- company's copyright. Um, two volumes, uh, thirty-five copies each, printed on the black and white photocopier. Thirty-five each. Yes. Uh, a photocopier. Black Lightning twelve, Quadian Conquered twelve and thirteen, World's Finest number two sixty. The Deserter number one. They created a Doorway fancy, to Nightmare basically. six, for Firestorm six. Uh, green team uh, commanding number 60 and 60 prez number five shade the changing man number nine uh wow yeah that's steel steel number six the vixen number one yeah it was this oh and ragman number six which oh, i mentioned of course, before ragman yeah yeah okay yeah 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 craziness yeah. I have no idea any of those people okay <laughs> yeah because it was all canceled before Thank you were you, born yes. ha yeah. mic drop yeah. Boom. Boom. And one's about werewolf. to be a CW TV show. Right. Black Lightning. Yeah, Ragman. Ragman. Oh, uh, Vixen's shown up too as a um Yeah. Vixen showed up as an animated character that's tied into the same uh era. Oh my god. Yeah. And then current season Vixen shows up. Current season of what? Yeah. Arrow. Okay. And people when when she and Ollie are talking, the other people are looking at each other and they're like you you guys know each other, and Ollie goes. We had a very animated, animated meeting. That was, that was in the for, uh, fourth season. I saw was that, that in fourth season. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we had a very animated yeah. meeting. Oh, yes, right. it was it was fun. I'm, I'm, I'm conflating. <laughs> that happens with binging. Yeah, you conflate. Anything else, gentlemen? Yeah, go forward. 
All right, well, first, I want a personal thank you to Jamie Prano. <laughs> yes, indeed. My God. Uh, indeed. Yeah, she posted to the Shock Monkey's lair. Uh, she took an otter puppet and went through the fun house that I talked about a few episodes ago and had a videotaped of her going through basically the fun house of my childhood that I, I gushed yep. over for. And he relived his childhood. Yes, through, through a puppet otter. So it couldn't be done better. So, Jamie... Thank you. That's what wow. a gift. Yeah, it was I'm, quite the tremendous thing. My God. By the way, this in from Professor Biggs. Oh, ah, is he sick ago. again? Run. Otter. This is a shirt, and it's also a definition of the term otter. A <laughs> slang term <laughs> yes. referring to a gay man yes. possessing of a slender body with medium to high fur density, lean muscle mass, permanent permanent ink markings on limbs and or torso region and facial hair mm. except and, for the slim body i guess i could body there you go. use uh quote no i'm not a bear i'm an otter unquote thank you thank you, mm. thank there you, for you sharing. way to go professor biggs <laughs> also a character in animal house gentlemen you want some news we sure. Like, we like I, I, some, some. Let's have something we don't give a shit about. No. You want to do that? Yeah. No. I, I think it's a fine idea. Yeah. You don't give a shit about. Woohoo! Stop encouraging him, Kay. Someone's got it. The mummy, <laughs> which Skip is not the end of the paragraph, which is not <laughs> leaving news you don't give a shit about anytime soon. No, right. apparently not. Uh, came in below expectations at thirty-two point two million dollars for its opening weekend in the U.S., but. Scored $141.8 million in international markets, making making it to, uh, Tom Cruise's biggest international opening ever, edging out War of the Worlds, $102.5 million. <laughs> Combined, the film had a solid global opening of more than $170 million. The film opened behind all three installments of the Brendan Fraser-led trilogy of Mummy movies, which all averaged between $40 million and $68 million in the late 90s and early 2000s. That's not even figuring in inflation. Uh, in the States, it was a good weekend for Wonder Woman instead. So the, that film had the lowest weekend drop-off of any modern superhero film, so it looks like it'll be sticking around for at least the early Yay, summer. Yay, Wonder Woman! So, I did, of course, I didn't go see The Mummy. I was waiting to see what the early reactions were. So when did they stop releasing stuff here in the States? I'm waiting for it. Sorry? When they stop releasing stuff. Because every movie lately, other than Wonder Woman, has been like, oh, low expectations here domestically. Uh, it sucks here domestically, but it's great in China, or blah, 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 or blah. So when do they stop? Well, they, they don't care where they get the money as long as they get the money. If we're lucky, they'll start with Transformers. And I don't know if you've caught, they've done a lot more international releases, First. sometimes weeks before we get it here in the U.S. So, yeah. yeah. So we're know. an afterthought already. Thanks, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck did that <laughs> <laughs> just, just beat the shit out of him, Matt. Just go, go ahead. No, I, since I'm Canadian, I feel I have to apologize. To you. Oh, sorry. Right. Yeah. sorry. That, All that right. pillow. I'll is, accept it. That pillow is going to be worn out before too long. <laughs> it keeps smothering everything. It's all sticky with the maple syrup now. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll eventually see the mummy, but I'll probably see it in home box office or DVD, Netflix, or something like that. King Kong is at the Dollar Theater this week. <laughs> Well, when we start talking about Wonder Woman, I'll, I'll reference an article I read on The Mummy because uh, okay. it really kind of helps to 
explain why the mummy is not doing very well. All right, boom. Okay. Well, I'll look forward to uh, yeah. So, talking about that later. So anybody that wants to stick through a spoiler full discussion, stick around. Yeah, <laughs> stick around. And you know it's good for you. Stick around. I'm sure there's some reviewer out there that's enjoyed it, but every reviewer that I've seen regarding the mummy has mediocre or worse. Pretty low. So you just don't give a shit about it. what we get the next one in 2019. The Bride of Frankenstein, I believe, All is right. the next one. So oh, I can't wait for that one. So they're gonna they can. they're gonna ride this momentum. Um, Woohoo! Ride charge. Something. News you don't give a shit about: a new skin clinic in Vietnam is raising eyebrows because its logo is a bit familiar to sci-fi fans. Medcare no. Skin Center in Ho Chi Minh City is using the Umbrella Corporation logo, oh. famous in the Resident Evil video game and film series. Wow. Why, why wouldn't I give a shit about that? That's hilarious. If you're not familiar, Umbrella is the company that created the zombie plague and is pure evil incarnate. As a skincare product. <laughs> As a skin, yes. Capcom's uh, going to sue somebody. Now, Mashable did some digging, uh, came no, to the won't. conclusion that it's probably just a case of smallish foreign company accidentally cribbing the wrong logo to promote its business as to oppose a bit of clever viral marketing from Capcom. It's always a possibility these days, but... I have True. to say, if it was viral marketing, home run. Right. Very Absolute smart. home run. Uh, but whatever happened, no doubt this company could not have picked a worse logo for their skincare company. I give a shit about that news. I like that news. It's, it's hilarious. It makes me happy. Oh, goofy. And news you don't give a shit about. And maybe you do. Maybe you, uh, you do. You have to add that in? Maybe you do. For Andy's maybe sake? I do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Annapurna Pictures is producing a remake of MGM's Charles Bronson Death Wish film franchise. Uh, I heard about this. Bruce Willis is oh. set to star in the film. Now that I didn't hear. Ah, oh, they're going with someone young. And it's being directed uh, by, by Eli Roth. <laughs> oh, so it's going to be torture porn? I mean, I was already freaked out enough in the... I forget if it was Death Wish 1 or 2 where they use a pair of uh, pruning shears to cut this lady's finger off to take her wedding ring off. That was Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. That All was right. uh, we almost. I just want to say we almost thing. lost Matt. He's again, again, munching on a donut and Person choking to death over here. Person got me with that comment. <laughs> I zing Matt now and again. It's just a little defibrillation to get that heart going. But you were saying about the cutting the finger. Oh yeah, it was like that was traumatic enough when I first saw that because it's like they actually showed it. They didn't just reference it. So that's definitely something that Eli Roth would put on film because you know. That's his style. So I can imagine it's going to be more... Visceral? Body manipulation. Well, it'll probably be modern in that it'll be a guy with like a diamond on his penis ring. And so they get the (laughs) pruning shears to, you know, because it's modern Uh, and and topical. Yeah, red light. (laughs) Oh, Andy, you red light anything. Green light that one, baby. Oh, there you go. Uh, no details on the remake, but the original 1974 film was based on the Brian Garfield novel. I didn't realize it was based on a novel. Yeah, I didn't really. either. I didn't know Garfield wrote. Yeah. I hate murders. <laughs> I hate Mondays. Pew, pew, pew. The novel about a vigilante who hunts down and stops criminals after his wife is murdered. Oh, here, I even have a description from the book itself. Here's, here's the back of the book. For just a handful of money... 
they savagely beat Paul's wife and daughter, leaving his wife dead and his daughter comatose. I'm losing, I'm losing Matt again. <laughs> you yeah. gotta stop eating the donut. Yeah, it's gonna kill you. I think his donut allergy makes him laugh. Dude, they're it's, not they're not breadsticks. Slow down. <laughs> You know, in retrospect, it's kind of like a poor man's Punisher because what wife... Matt eating donuts? <laughs> no, <laughs> Death Wish because oh. <laughs> he turns vigilante after his wife and daughter are killed, he and then he goes. He the Punisher. Yeah. In fact, Jesus, the pu- the Punisher probably was inspired by, by Death the Death Wish, Wish movie. Yeah. All right, maybe grief stricken and forced to revalue his view. <laughs> it's the voice, isn't it? No, it's. Just everything. <laughs> We're slowly killing he's Matt gonna have, inside. He's going to have powdered sugar coming out of his nose here in a minute. It's just going to start like clouding out of his that nose. That was great. I want. I like want that sound clip. It's everything. I can't. Oh. I can't wait to take him back to the emergency room and tell the doctor you're going to have to check for powdered donut. <laughs> and the doctor gives Andy a totally straight look and goes, "Where?" <laughs> Grief-stricken and forced to reevaluate his views, Benjamin becomes disillusioned with society and plots his revenge on the perpetrators, whom the police are unable to bring to justice. Armed with a revolver in total disregard for his own safety, he sets out to even the score. Now, the new movie is set to be released on November 22nd. Of this year? Yes. So this is the first time hearing of it. Yeah, me too. And also, it stars Vincent D'Onofrio... Kimberly Elise, Michael Epps, and Elizabeth Shue. Wow. Wow. Huh. That's a great cast room, but I don't want to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy, you'll just have to man up. and. Wow. I mean, I'd, I'd heard that it was being remade, but I didn't even know it had even been cast. Yeah. Kaboom. Let alone being released this year. Oh, it hasn't been shot yet. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to do the, 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 the one-month shoot and then you know two-month editing and then release it. It's an Eli, Eli Roth film. He's a gorilla. He's good. Uh, well, that's true. He does. He works well under pressure. Shooting it in a garage. There was a time in the, the 80s where it seemed like every movie was a Death Wish ripoff. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so it's remaking Death Wish is like, oh boy, here we go again. To the... Well, yeah, it's the 80s. It was the Reagan era. You know. Right. It was when everybody was afraid of uh, crime in the streets, and we made crazy laws that, oh, wait. Uh-huh. <laughs> now it all makes sense. Uh-huh. Dude, it's not like... But wasn't crime on the decline? But Oh. oh. <laughs> it's not like their movies about the federal government going after legal marijuana dispensaries. <laughs> right. Oh, wait. Or, or going after Shakespeare. Shakespeare. <laughs> oh God, that one that one killed me. Today. I love. Wait, the lost man. That one. Uh, appara- oh, apparently, there's a big thing. Julius Caesar, Shakespearean play, mm-hmm. for at least the last few decades in liberal New York. Sure, has always there's always been some theater group that has decided to use the modern president, whoever that president is, to be Julius Caesar, and then the senators cast to be yeah. And so a theater group in New York did Julius Caesar, as many have done in the past with the modern president, and the right-wing attack machine went after him saying that there is a play in New York that is calling for the assassination of the president. Trump. Yeah. And uh, it was funny because I think Steve was the one who posted an article where conservative reviewers just a few years before, there was a Shakespeare 
uh, Julius Caesar with Obama as Caesar, mm-hmm. and conservative reviewers were talking about how thought-provoking and riveting it was. Sure, sure. Julius Caesar and Richard III, that's where you're going to have modern political figures uh, recast in those roles in Shakespeare. Can Not we to actually, mention we the actually actual... recast him so we actually keep out of the like, trouble? Can we actually recast Julius Caesar with Trump in the lead role? Oh, the actual Trump. Yes. I don't think you can forcibly do that. But can we, can we talk him into it? Can we convince him it's a good idea? Uh, yeah, you just got to tweet it. Somebody tweet well, the other You just part... got to say that he's a nice guy and you think he's great and he'd be great in that Listen, role. No one would be better. It's like Mad Dog. All you got to do is make it think like it's his idea. Right, exactly. The other part that Biggs brought up on that that article was that the play is very anti-assassination. Yeah. yeah. And because everybody that participated in that meets a really tragic end. Oh, come on, spoilers. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sorry, Andy. Sorry. So I didn't want to spoil a freaking 300-year-old play for you. <laughs> Based get on 2,000 years of history. Right. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that, that just got I'm me glad you explained that though, because I had no idea what that was. Yeah, yeah, it was, and I'm it sure was I'm not just, the only one. <clears throat> it's just dumb because again, it's been done for decades, mm-hmm. literally done for decades with at least five different presidents that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. Sure, at least five, maybe more. Because I know Nixon was one that they did. Oh, I'm, there's been many Nixons uh, on that one. Uh, Reagan has been sure, used yeah. in one of those. Uh, Clinton has been The first Bush there. was in one of those, I know for sure. Clinton has, absolutely. Clinton, yep. I do remember Clinton and Obama. So that's mm-hmm. that's five right there, and that's not even taxing yeah, I, our mental... Yeah, this is nothing new. Yeah, anyway. So Carter's the one under Nothing the sun, new under the sun. <laughs> no Carter, huh? That I can recall, okay. but probably right. wouldn't surprise me. Weekend Geek! Yay! If you want. Yes. (laughs) Me. You wallow in that. Well, normally I don't like to start with uh, the sad news, but it's just so major. Uh, Yeah. It should be the first thing we talk about. Uh, Adam West, Mm. actor beloved by Batman fans for generation, died Friday night after a short battle with leukemia. He was 88 years old. In a statement, West family said, Our dad always saw himself as the bright knight and aspired to make a positive impact on his fans' lives. He was and always will be our hero, unquote. West rocketed to fame in 1966 when he became Batman on ABC. The show ran for three seasons, becoming a cultural touchstone to fans and a thorn in the side of West's career. The actor struggled to book roles in the following years due to his association to the character. Despite those struggles, West continued to work throughout his long career in Hollywood, making appearances in TV and movies right up until this year, even returning several times to the character that made him a household name. He published two books, including 1994's Back to the Back Cave, which offered a behind-the-scene look at the 1960s series. I'm glad he got living long, lived long enough to, to go through his renaissance, where he was the mayor on yeah. uh, Family yeah. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Wee. <laughs> That's and one of my he, favorites. He, uh, he, he came to terms with it, embraced it, mm-hmm. and, then, and then saw fan love. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the sad thing was like he never hated the character. He hated the fact that that's the only thing that people saw him as. Yeah. And that didn't even last that long. Uh, there's a great documentary called Starring Adam West. Um, I believe it's still on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. But if not, I believe it's on Epics if you have that on demand. It's really good. It, it the, the basis of the documentary is 
a group of people trying to get Adam West his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. But they talk about everything from his very early career all the way up to his current career. Mm. And him, you know, at one point just moving his entire family up to Idaho to get out of Hollywood because, you know, he didn't think he was going to get meaningful work anymore. And it's just, it's a really fascinating look at the man's life. Married to his third wife, like, forever, right? Yeah, yeah. So he has, like... Uh, a bunch of adopted children, grandchildren, mm. great-grandchildren. I think he has two great-grandchildren, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, just, it was, it's crazy. I mean, he was in his, I think he was like 35 or 36 when he got the role of, of 30, Batman. 37, I read it today. Okay. Mm. So, so, yeah, he was, he had already been working for a while when he got that role. So... But that's the one everyone remembers him for. Um, but yeah, this this one hit me a lot harder than I was expecting. And, uh, you know, in fact, uh, he was supposed to be here on the 23rd for the amazing Las Vegas Comic Con. And I mm-hmm. was super, I, I don't get excited by a whole lot anymore, but I was really excited that he and Burt Ward were going to be here and uh, giving their their talk. And Do you have I was looking for that? I hadn't I bought them yet. I was about to buy them on that Friday when I got I saw the announcement. So it's so a what a Monday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, oh, right? twenty Thursday, Friday. You know, Monday like most Comic Cons. He's on Canadian calendar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I did see the uh, the Return of the Cape Crusaders. I went and saw that in the theater. It was a lot of fun, and it really pokes fun not only at his version of the Batman. But all the different versions of Batman, and it is set in that '66 time period. So mm-hmm. it's a really fun animated film. If you if you guys haven't seen it, definitely check it out. I uh, I like the fact that the uh, the Gray Ghost episode of uh, the ba- yeah Batman, Batman the animated series yeah, yeah. that it's, line that line kills me every yeah. time. He's like, so it wasn't all for nothing, right? I was just like, oh. Oh, hit you right in the yeah. heart. All right, so explain the gray ghost a little bit. Uh, the gray ghost was Adam Wood with for, is the. Um, it's the character. <laughs> All right, Mumbai. Sorry, no, no. I, I, I was trying to remember the name of the animator. Um, Paul, uh, Bruce Tim. Bruce. Yeah. Bruce animator. Tim? Yeah, Bruce Tim. Anyways, the <laughs> the really good Batman series that was like was like better than any of the movies. The animated series. Yeah. Than, in the, in the um, 90s. they did an episode where they where there was a. TV character who was a gray ghost. It was sort of a phantom kind of character that Bruce Wayne had admired as a child that inspired him. It was one of the inspirations for Batman. And the, the gray ghost comes out of uh, retirement to do something and uh, teams up with Batman and gray ghost is voiced by Adam West. Nice. Yeah. Real nice. Yeah, and it, just, it plays into the whole, you know, the gray ghost was a detective and he used crime-solving techniques to battle villains so he but didn't just beat up people with his fist he used his mind as well it was really interesting because the character bears a tangential resemblance to the spirit okay he's kind yeah, of okay. dressed in gray gray suited kind of the fedora-ish type hat with goggle-like mask so it's interesting because definitely they're they're giving adam west some love but there is a tip of the hat to eisner as well in that character so, and it is, it is, uh, that was a great, that was a great appearance. I loved movie Bob's thing that yeah. he uh, punched out 
uh, when he uh, was talking about Adam West and Batman 1966. So he, <clears throat> I encourage people to go on the YouTubes and uh, call that up because it's a it's a real good breakdown of what Adam West did, as well as the 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 uh, television series itself. I don't remember specific. Does he reference the fact that uh, like a lot of the complaints about that early Batman, the, the TV series, was that it was, you know, kind of goofy, campy, cheesy, et cetera. And I'm like, does anybody read the original Batman comics? Yeah. Because right. he does it's, reference that. It's literally almost a carbon copy of some of those with a little bit of television blended into it. So Yeah, and, it's but, all, yeah. and he also brings up great that? points. Like the diversity of the series. Yeah. You know, that. When they use Eartha Kitt as Catwoman, mm-hmm. Cesar Romero as Joker. Um, he Earth, Eartha Kitt who was being investigated by the FBI for being yeah, a subversive. Yeah, right, being a subversive, yeah. At the time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, Mr. Freeze, which is a... a Very minor character. Yeah, and, and um, uh, Batgirl, who was created for the TV series. Yeah. And is now such an integral part of the modern... Batman series, you yeah. know, either as Batgirl or as Oracle, depending on which, mm-hmm. you know, line you're looking at. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, depending on. Oh, jeez. I wish I'd but, known about you know what a uh, I, I didn't realize he was such a uh, sex monster. Uh, I, I wish I'd known about that when I saw him in Lady Chatterley's Lever 15 or whatever <laughs> it was. And it's, I was like, I was so embarrassed for him, and like, sitting in the back back seat of a car while people are having sex in front of him. And I'm like, yeah, he probably was digging that. You know. What? There's Only a, you come up with these types <laughs> right. of stories. Sex and what, the way, the way you, that was ref- phrased, it sounded like Andy was sitting in the back of the car. <laughs> are you referring? I, I didn't say I wasn't. This, are you referring to his and Burt Ward's like competition during the series? That too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That too. Okay. So it wasn't. But what were you referring? Yeah, that's to? what I was talking about. Was the fact that in the during the filming of Batman, oh, okay. he was getting a lot. So oh, yeah. your Lady oh, no, Chatterley's yeah. lover was just an illusion. No, to that his... was he was actually in it. Lady Chatterley's lover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like pulling teeth, trying to get a fucking answer. Uh, oh, he doesn't have an <laughs> editor anymore to no. to help him frame a thought. Uh, uh, I you, love the, the Frank Gorshin. Holy shit! The, the the story where he and yeah. Frank Gorshin yes. crash an orgy. Well, they didn't crash. They were invited to the party. They didn't right. realize what it was. Then they got there and they decided to stay in character as the Riddler and Batman yeah. through the whole thing and got kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> so but you got to admit, Frank Gorshin's Riddler at an orgy mm. would, <laughs> that, that would that would that would that would. Yeah, it would soften you up. <laughs> <laughs> or would it? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't in a donut for that one. <laughs> so what's this competition that they had? So, okay. Notches on bedposts. Exactly. Uh, basically, during the, the <laughs> run of the Batman this. series, which I didn't realize. I mean, I've got the box set, and I've never counted them. They did 120 episodes in three of seasons. Batman in three seasons. The first two seasons, was it? They ran two episodes a week? Twice a week. Twice a week, and then the third season only once per week. But uh, both Adam West and Burt Ward had fanboys and fangirls that were just all over them. And the fangirls often were in their trailer between takes etc so they had a sex competition basically they were trying to one each one up each other on all these different things like you know the number of dates number of 
experimental positions, etc. I mean, just Sticking in her ass. it was <laughs> literally like they were trying to outdo each other during the entire run of the series. So. And they had like groupies banging on the windows of the trailer yeah. while they're banging other groupies. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's in the book. Uh, was it Ward's book that they talked about yeah, at first, or was it West? I, I don't first. know who was first. I, but. I think Ward's book f- said it first, but then when West wrote back to the Bat Cave, mm-hmm. he talked about it more because yeah. he felt like, well, cat's out of the bag now, mine is, or the cat woman's out <laughs> yes. of the bag. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a new meaning to box set, too. But, Put uh, that pillow away. <laughs> I get him to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Seth, Seth MacFarlane had one of the best things. He said, you know, he's irreplaceable as the mayor right i i don't know that he knows what they're gonna do i mean i expect there's gonna be a tribute to him in the fall in an episode there's gonna have to be because they've already you know done tributes to carrie fisher when they lost her Mm -hmm. as one of the regular voices etc so who is the new mayor of quahog i think they're just gonna retire the character i don't think they're gonna try to replace the character with a new mayor i think they're just gonna don't they look crying at kevin conroy or somebody i don't know oh <laughs> but wow, that uh, would be awesome! <laughs> Holy shit. I, I was gonna say Michael Keaton, but uh, oh, sure. either one. Oh, it's genius! Oh my god, that would just be so fucking awesome. Mayor Keaton, <laughs> Christian Bale. Oh. I mean, I mean, anybody. Jesus Christ! I think you'd almost have to go with Michael Keaton because yeah. That Fuck would... you, Peter Griffin. You and I are finished. Fuck you, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> That would just be, holy shit. Hey, Mayor, Mr. Mom. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, any one of them would just be, and it would just be a lovely, tri- I, I think it would actually be a lovely tribute to West. Yeah. yeah. That it's like, the mayor of Quahog can only be a bad actor. Can only be. Yeah. Start it now. Yeah. Oh, man. Get on it. There you yeah. go. You know. And also, we lost uh, Glenn Headley. Yep. Uh, star films like Dick Tracy, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, fantastic in that. Uh, Mr. Holland's Opus, she died Thursday night at the age of 62. Uh, complications from pulmonary embolism. In addition uh, okay. to... <laughs> I, I have a weird one about that Okay, one. it was like, no one has anything no, to say, no. we're moving on. It, right. but it's not a good one. I was waiting for somebody to say something good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, way to remember oh, the day. Way to right. start it off. There we go. He says with I the button on his shirt, like, wide yes. open. Like, yeah. <laughs> Some nipple boys. Um, thank you. Oh, God, thank you. This, this is getting worse as the moment goes on. This show's getting weird. So I'm working <laughs> character booth at the Excalibur with this just angry, the angriest character artist in the world. He put up a sign about three and a half feet off the ground that said, you must be this tall to ride this ride because he hated drawing kids. Um, just cranky guy. Great artist, but cranky guy. And somehow I got in a discussion of Dick Trace. He goes, yeah, the chick that played Tress Treehart, I banged her. I'm like, what? <laughs> and apparently as a young actress, they knew each, he knew each other, knew her, and, yeah. and that was, you know. That's your story. That was it, yeah. <laughs> That, you should realize this by now. That's an Andy story. Yeah, yeah. that is an well, Andy story. Sadly, no, actually, actually, he almost it was talked to almost him. a good story. <laughs> sadly, that's like, when that found out she died, that was like the first thing that came to mind. It's like, oh, crap. Uh, that, that, I hadn't thought about that in years. And that whatever misfired oh. there. Wow. Yeah. Glad you didn't make the funeral. <laughs> oh, that was a great eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> I never met her. But I knew one guy who did. <laughs> and he met her. Oh. In the biblical It's like something sense. out of a Paul Feig film. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, who's the crazy rambling guy? I must be some uncle or something in the family. 
Uncle Andy. <laughs> oh, now there's a movie. No. The Funeral Crasher. <laughs> wow. Actually, I would watch that. <laughs> it's a dark comedian, and that's how he's trying to get his start, just crashing funerals and well, saying terrible it, things. Now, you see, I, I was thinking of a caricature artist who just went to funerals because yeah. that's where he'd find the chicks. No, no, hold the box up. I want a drawer. <laughs> oh, it's a clothes casket. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Does this look like your loved one? <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> oh. oh, God. In addition to next, mo- next month's Spider-Man Homecoming, we know that Todd Holland is in Avengers Infinity War. Todd Holland? That's why uh, Tom Holland. Yeah. Okay. Wow, yeah. somebody wants to be Spider-Man. I've wanted to be Spider-Man for years. <laughs> Come on, be real. We all have. And Not probably me. Avengers 4, and it's expected that there will be a second standalone Spider-Man outing. But we didn't know that a full Spider-Man trilogy was in the works until he let it slip in an interview with French outlet Allociné via the rap. Quote, there is a lot of room for Peter Parker and Spider-Man especially to grow in the next two movies. Unquote. Asked if the development of the third film was news, Holland simply said, quote, sorry, Marvel, whoops, unquote. He then doubled down. <laughs> He's so fired. Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Homecoming's been canceled? Uh, <laughs> I got room on my couch. <clears throat> now, yeah. finally. <laughs> quote, Spider-Man is definitely not finished, not the finished article by the end of Spider-Man Homecoming, and I really look forward to exploring the different ways he can grow up and go through puberty, I guess. That's what he says, Can I really guess. Can you really say that? Yeah. Thought, oh, wow. It's going to be an exciting so couple far. of movies. Yeah, there'll be a Spider-Man 2 and 3, and it won't be Homecoming 2 and 3, unquote. Uh, note that Holland mentioned Marvel in his comments, which would seem to indicate that Marvel Studios will continue to partner with Sony on the next two Spider-Man films. Now, Homecoming hits theaters July 7th. Less than a month away for the Spider-Man movie. Man. That's creeping up fast. Yes, it is. I'll actually watch creeping this Spider-Man. one. I haven't watched the last couple. Oh, that was the I thing. Uh, that was like the one bright spot of the Sony panel was the uh, the Spider-Man game. That looks it good. It looks really good. That looks really good. My God. I mean, the last couple Spider-Man games weren't bad. That they, they just released. weren't great. Yeah, they weren't great. But they were enjoyable. Not saying the bar set high, but the preview set the bar really high. Yeah. So good luck hitting that, but... Yeah, it's going to be great. Come on. And it's the first Marvel video game that they've released since they started this whole Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think since Iron, they released an Iron Man game, and I think that's been it. Yeah. Isn't there a Guardians of the Galaxy game out there somewhere? Uh, there is, but it's Telltale. It's one no, of those no, no, no. Hold on. Uh, story adventure games. There's a Marvel action RPG game. It's called Marvel's Heroes. Uh, it's, it's a Marvel property. It is, but it's, it's Marvel Diablo. Yeah. Right? Uh, free-to-play PC mm-hmm. game. Now it's going to the PS4 and Xbox One X. Sure, but I'm talking Front about around. a a full big big budget set in the Marvel uni- Cinematic Universe kind of idea. Because they did the Iron Man one, and it was just okay. Yeah, but that's the last Marvel game I saw, as far as console releases, instead of your free to play PC stuff. I don't know why you're looking at me. Because <laughs> I just declared my uh, my uh, yeah you know. in the future. <laughs> in the future, but for now, future Matt's gonna be a console owner again. Yeah, future Matt, but present Matt, he sucks. <laughs> oh, okay. I hurt. 
<laughs> Say you're sorry. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> sorry. While Joe and Anthony Russo are... <laughs> Speaking of man hurting. <laughs> what did I miss? Andy picked up the Funko box and took oh. a peek at it. Goddamn. They're a mean man. Mr. Grinch. While Joe and Anthony Russo are crafting Avengers Infinity War for release next year, the siblings have attached themselves to a new horror fantasy project with A Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline director Henry Selick. This new creative venture will adapt the spooky adventure game Little Nightmares into a TV series aimed at young adults. Developed and released by Tarzier Studios and Bandai Namco Entertainment, Little Nightmares follows the weird adventures of a little yellow raincoat-wearing girl named Six as she ventures into strange underwater netherworld called the Maw. Here's the official game synopsis. Little Nightmares presents a grim, shadow-filled adventure through an interactive storyline, outstanding sound design, and unique art style that is sure to deliver eerie chills and goosebumps. Players will discover that Little Nightmares blurs the line between dreams and nightmares as they explore the Maw in an effort to escape its nightmarish confines. Unquote. No word on whether this will be CGI or stop-motion animated, but Selleck is signed on for the pilot and potentially some of the episodes. And Little Nightmares landed this past April for PC, uh, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. So uh, it's, it's a, it is a very Burton-esque looking game. I will say that. And, and so much so, I think, uh, uh, what's his composer? Uh, Danny Elfman? I think he did the music for that game. Okay. <laughs> so I hadn't heard about this game at all, so... I know they're getting a disc release in August, but yeah, I think you can download it now. Hmm. Uh, Principal Photography has begun in Toronto on the crowd-funded sci-fi thriller Code 8, starring cousins Robbie Amnell and Stephen Amnell of Arrow fame. uh, Amnell. That's what I said. And with Jeff Chan directing, the Amels uh, raised uh, $1,722,000 from 20,000 backers last year on crowdfunding site Indiegogo for Code 8 and are executive producing. The 30-day campaign had an original goal of $200,000. The campaign included the release of a 10-minute short film directed by Chan from a script he co-wrote with Chris Baer. Code 8 is set in a world where 4% of the population is born with varying supernatural abilities. But instead of being billionaires or superheroes, most specials face discrimination and live in poverty, often resorting to crime in a world now carefully monitored by drones, guardians, and the police. Robbie Amell's character is struggling to pay for his ailing mother's health treatment and lured into a lucrative criminal world by Stephen Amell's character, who works for a drug lord. Sounds very X-Men Days of Future Past-ish. Really? Yeah, because that's the way the world is set up there. They're all, they're basically... They're all watched by the Sentinels, and they're, they're not, not the the world that's set up that they go back to. Not not the with the actual fight, but the the setting where where everyone's where Katie future where K- Kitty Pride comes from, right? Where Kitty Pride is walking around, and she's got the right. the muty patch, is it, or is the, it a, tattoo a big or? M on the back of right, her yeah. tunic, her, her onesie? Yeah. <clears throat> so that's what the animals okay. are. Mm. <laughs> you know, what? that's it. That's all. That's, I got. that's what I got. Stephen Amell did the uh, American Ninja Warrior course. Okay, which I don't normally watch all of that stuff, but some, somebody had had linked it to me, and he got through most of that course, like 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 the very first like really tough leg, and then they get to like the there's like a second part of the course that very few have ever been able to conquer, and he conquered like that first part that uh, most people can't even get through, and he did it in style, and it was amazing to watch. Hmm. 
because uh, you said most of it. Well, he got through the entire first part, and then and failed. then he started to do the the more advanced course that very few people have actually been able to, like, even a very few pe- of the people that have done the the main course have been able to advance into. Uh-huh. Just because it's so difficult. So it's like right. checkpoints. He got to the first checkpoint? Yeah, something like that. Okay. I, I don't watch the series enough to really understand, but they were talking about how few people get to, like, every little spot that he, you know, that you move on to the next obstacle. They're like, okay, so very few of our contestants actually make it this far, and he's going through, and he's like, oh, and this is the one that he does, that you know, that normally trips everybody up on this course, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, yeah, it was amazing to watch. And he did it all for charity too, so it was really cool. Nice. Did he come in character? It was for Red Nose Day. No, he. Uh, Damn it! Did he wear He didn't the red go nose? in character, but uh, he works out like really, really hard to do a lot of the stunts on the show. Because he does like a majority of the um, the close up stunts and stuff. The and fish he does ladder have a is stunt all him, man. huh? The fish ladder is all him. Yeah, the, the yeah the uh, salmon ladder. Salmon ladder. Salmon ladder. <laughs> yes. Salmon ladder. Really? Salmon. <laughs> okay. But yeah, he upstream. Uh, that was one of the the obstacles <laughs> that he did was the salmon ladder, and they're like, he does this on the show, and then he said, now how many takes does it take for you to do it on the show? And he goes, uh, usually just one, but <laughs> as he's going up this ladder, nice. where it's, it's this pole in these little notches, so that you're you do you, a chin up, you basically do a chin up, and then you use your uh, you use a little bit of momentum to push it up onto the next. So you're like pulling hook. yourself up to the next yeah. part. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. you're like you're you're, do, you're doing arm jumps. Yes. Yeah. Basically Jesus. arm jumps. But you're yeah. you're pulling the pole with you so that it hooks on the next set of hooks and yeah. all the way up. Have you not watched Arrow? I haven't watched Arrow. Whoa. Wow. He does a lot of that. But the <clears throat> salmon ladder is a real thing. Very few people can do it, and uh, yeah. he does it on yeah. the show. I, I, I'd say very few people can do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I I can do it. Sure. Yeah, of course, <laughs> you could do it with a, with a with a ladder time, underneath yeah. you, yes. so that the, the you know the frame line is below your feet. Yeah, I can do the salmon above your feet. Yeah. It just needs a ladder. <laughs> yeah, do it. If you put a donut at the end of it, I might be able to yeah, muster enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if Matt comes along, put a donut in the end of it. Matt would choke on you, it. You'd be like, but if I just walk around this way, I can just get the donut. Yes. I don't have to go through the course. Be smart about it, Arrow. <laughs> Just, just shoot it down. Shoot down the donut. You don't have to go through all that. Uh, well, should we talk uh, Wonder Woman? That's sure. an option. Sure. Yeah, or we can push this a little bit and do some red light, green light. What would you like? Oh, to do? push it. Push yeah, it yeah. real good. Yeah, you want to do that? A little red light, green light? All right, gentlemen. You are now executives. I'm going to pitch you TV shows. I'm pushing. I'm pushing it real good. TV shows that are coming, and there's nothing you can do about it except... Tell me Push your it opinion. real good. <laughs> Todd's trying to soldier on. <laughs> Meanwhile, Matt's either faking birth or a bowel movement. I can't tell which. I can't. It was an orgasm. Oh. He was faking it. You can't even tell, can I'm, you, Andy? I've never You're been so with him. You're so wrapped up in your own. I've never been with him that way, so I don't know. <laughs> Salt and pepper got really creepy right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're married now. Red light, green lights. Red. Freeform has given a pilot order to Misfits, a supernatural drama inspired by the British series. It comes from Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage's Fake Empire and Diane Ruggeria White. Uh, Wright. Uh, that's she's behind Zombie, I Zombie, and Veronica Mars, uh, who wrote the adaptation and serves as showrunner. 
Misfits revolves around a young group of young offenders in a community service program who develop supernatural powers after being hit by a mysterious electrical storm. Alicia, a spoiled, vapid, middle-class party girl who seems to have three main goals in life, have fun, look hot, and get guys. Curtis, a talented and cocky football player with a promising career ahead of him, who is used to everything going his way. Kelly, who is a street smart, who is street smart with a hair-trigger temper and a penchant for beating the crap out of people. And Nathan, a con artist and thief with a heavily influenced sense of his own attractiveness, intelligence, and potential. Uh, Schwartz, Savage, and Rogerio executive produce alongside Howard Overman, creator of the UK series. And Murray Ferguson and Clerkenwell Films, who produced the original version. The original series debuted on E4 in 2009 and ran for five seasons. The network has also a straight-to-series drama called Marvel's Cloak and Dagger. So 12 episodes. <laughs> yeah, right. So, a re- American reboot of Misfits. Sure, green light. Every time we reboot a British thing, it goes well. <laughs> and last year, green light. Um, well, I'll be the first red light then because I've seen this story a hundred times. There's like eight things in production right now. It's the same thing. Really? Name them. Yeah, exactly. I'm with K on this one. New Name mutants them. to start with. Um, like all, a whole bunch of the X and a whole bunch of X Men oh, things. Oh, a whole like bunch this. of X films. Okay. No, not X films. We like- need to compete with that crap. They can't have a lockdown on the the misfits with s- the special snowflakes with powers, alienated teenagers genre. And again, this is freeform. They already have Cloak and Dagger running as well. Which so. is also the same story. Hmm. If it were Misfits of Science being rebooted. <laughs> uh, I think I'm with Andy on this one. Red Light. Because it's, you know, it's not really anything it new. It goes to the monkeys. Yeah, monkeys, you decide. Uh, misfits reboot from originally created for, what does it say, E4? No, 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 no. We're not doing that. I'm throwing it to you, Torgo. No, that does not the way it works. Well, we're doing he, it this time. Oh, he's wow. The, wow. He's the pitch man. He can't. Holy crap. He doesn't wow. have, if the my pitch man studio gets a vote, is put, hey. Mine and Kay's studio have put all this money in. So I've seen the original Misfits uh, British tel- television show, and it's one of my favorites. Now, is it just like Cloak and Dagger? No. Oh, um, I didn't think so. What, one, what made it so special, though, was, was the actors they got. Mm-hmm. The actors were incredible, and the fact that most of the characters weren't exactly good people trying to go- do Whoops. good things. <laughs> that's what really made it interesting. I don't have a feeling that's going to happen here. I'm just getting some, tired of... Some more Torchwoody. Good oh, English. Torch oh, for God's sakes, Andy. Good You're English. really stretching. <laughs> I'm just getting tired of good English original ideas coming over to the U.S., and the studios think they need to Americanize it, and then they go overboard, and it's it becomes a far less enjoyable. I yeah, mean, like democracy. I mean, I know a lot of people loved The <laughs> Office, but I thought the British version was way better. I thought it was funnier. The U.S. version never made me laugh. I liked um, the American version. A lot. Um, it's, I always said the British version is much more cringy. All right, what else has come over from God, What was the one with David Tennant in it that they tried to do here uh, where he's the detective? Broadchurch. Broadchurch. Um the version here was meh. It's not British, but um, All in the Family was taken from a German. Was it TV German? Show. Yeah. Hmm. 
And that I didn't uh, know. All in the Family was um, Till Death Was Part. That was it was English, wasn't it? Was it? Okay, because yeah. there was also, I remember hearing that the Archie Bunker character was based on a German character who was this grumpy, he was a literal get-off-my-lawn mm. type of character. But there you go. I mean, a lot of the, the good ones, I was joking before, but actually a lot of the good ones, you don't even know their pedigree. Right, like uh, Sanford and Son we discussed earlier was right. Steptoe, Steptoe and Son. And son. Yeah. So, anyways, so if you can dig out, uh, Miss Misfit, Misfits used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it is still. Uh, if it's still on there, I mm. it, I highly encourage you to go find it. It's uh, the and I was joking about twelve episodes, but five seasons. That's probably is it six or twelve episodes a season? Well, it's free form, so it's probably eleven or twelve. Right, but the original British. Oh, the original. I can't remember it, how it many could be were six before. to ten because yeah. some of them are only like six or seven or six to ten episodes long. So thirty to sixty. Okay, that's that's a uh, good chunk. Five and, series, and the actor. Yes. If you're a Game of Thrones fan, the actor <gasps> who plays Ramsay Bolton is one of the kids in this. Oh, and he's just as good in this as he is in Game of Thrones. It's okay. a whole different kind of character, but he embodies it fantastically. I think I must have like perused this article a couple of weeks ago because I remember hearing something about that precise sentence. And if you remember Game of Thrones, Ramsey <laughs> Bolton, uh, I forget the actor's name. It's one of those. It's kind of Welsh or something like that. Uh, but he he's in this series, and he's if you want a little yeah. pre pre game of Game of Thrones. Check out Misfits and check out Skins. Skins is still available mm. on Netflix, and it's basically British version of Degrassi, but a lot more hardcore. Oh, and hot, cool, really hard. I mean, I just thought of another British one that came over. There was that werewolf vampire and something. Yeah, to, what uh, was that? Blood ties or whatever. No, being human. Yeah, being yeah. human. Yeah, yeah. And that one sucked when it came over here, if I recall correctly. I didn't here. see the American. Uh, it went. It was on Sci-Fi, but it was like right before Sci-Fi started having their uh, big renaissance. renaissance. So it, I, I know it was popular with a, with a, a certain set of fans. So, but it failed to attract the general audiences. They but were anyways, for. you're sidestepping the question: red or green? We've never made him do this before. We've wow, always well, we're the making monkeys. it tonight because well, I'm tired of your finishing my last, your shit. Finishing my last thought. There's a lot of actors that were in Skins that are currently or were in uh, Game of Game Thrones. Thrones. Yeah. So I'd highly recommend those two shows okay. if you want to see where did they come from. And everybody embodies their roles well in Skins. I would say, yeah, I, I enjoyed the first round so much. Let's green light this one to see what uh, America can do with it. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. Drop Mike right into the donuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, the donuts. And that's all the red line, green line I'm giving you. We're going to start talking about Wonder Woman now. So. All right. Uh, Did you see the uh, 67 version of Wonder Woman I found? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my boy. God. All right. Before we continue on, if you have not seen Wonder Woman, this is now going to be the spoiler discussion. So stop the podcast. And once you've seen Wonder Woman, come back and join us and... And uh, then you'll be week. informed and not spoiled. <laughs> so, yeah. So, here, spoil at your own risk if you go forward. So, uh, what did this Wonder Woman thing you posted? There was, it was, wasn't a pilot. It was like it a was five a screen minute test. Yeah. 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 Screen test to try to. Oh, is this the Wonder Woman that almost was? Yes. Yeah. This is not the not the one from a couple years ago. This is oh. from like 1967. No, this is TV. William Dozier of Batman 1966 was proposing. 
Really? A Wonder Woman TV series. It would have and, been terrible. And it would have been... It would have just like Batman gone for well, the same. same camp. We don't know if it would have been terrible, but the the, the screen test was not great. No, but no. It, 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 if it's the same guy, completely that, screwed up the character. The character. I, in what ways? Uh, she's for secret identity. She has a mother who's nagging her to get a husband, and the whole thing is about her trying to get married. And, oh, it was like the comics of that time. Yeah, <laughs> that's Wonder Woman was in the sixties. <laughs> So it sounds uh, comic accurate? Maybe. I don't know. It was, it just, it was like, having just watched the Amazing Wonder Woman movie and, and running into that, it's like, oh my <laughs> yeah, God. That'll, that'll be it. Oh. On the other hand, that's a great commentary. Imagine if your secret identity was the wallflower who's constantly being nagged to be go get married, find mm-hmm. yourself a man, and then at night she goes out and totally saves the world on right. her own. She finds with, all her men with her them. mighty thews. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen, I know you enjoyed Wonder Woman specifically. Yes. Why did you enjoy Wonder Woman? Or what didn't you like? Um, well, I just all of the characters were very well-rounded. In fact, that was something I, I referenced earlier in the podcast. Uh, there's The second act is really good at not only establishing the main character, but even the side characters. Uh, the... Um, uh, the guy with the fez. I'm totally forgetting the character's name right now. The actor? No, the, the, the character no, in the he, film. He the, the, actor. Char- the character yeah. was the actor. Yeah, yeah. Okay. sorry. But yeah, <laughs> you know, they talk. you get a full backstory on him, too, and how, you know, he's not... Simon you know. Pegg, as uh, Andy would say. <laughs> <laughs> different, different character. Boy, did yeah. he let himself go. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you, you see why the characters were motivated to follow her into battle and you know and you know her you know diana choosing to try to save humanity you know is evident right there and her looking at the suffering and then charging into no man's land so that was the high point of the movie for me and that's you know that that was there was a review i read that you know totally agrees with me on this like when you have a really strong second act and you develop your characters, even to the smallest degree, you get their motivations going into the third act, etc. So while the third act, I would say, was maybe not as strong as the first two, it made more sense. Now, if they'd have skipped that whole middle part, which in fact, apparently, uh, Warner's tried to get her to cut out that whole battle scene. Oh, no, scene, no. And, and cut out a lot of that character development with her, wow. you know, fighting the... Germans to reestablish the supply line into that little village that I'll, was starving to death. I'll tell you what this. I mean, I realize now in retrospect it's telegraphed, but I did not see that coming. That you established, you were you were now in love with all these people who are in love with her, mm-hmm. and then they're dead. And it's like holy, f- you know, it tugs at her heartstrings mm-hmm. because she felt like she accomplished something. She felt like she saved this village, and suddenly now this it, village that she had become, you know, you know, she chose to help humanity out and help save this village, and now this village is just and it wiped turn, out. And it turns her hatred of war and Mars uh-huh. from an abstract thing to a solid concept. Before, right. she was just philosophically opposed to war. Yeah. Now she's seen it firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. In so, fact, um, I was reading an interview with uh, the director, and the only reshoot that they did for the movie was that scene where the 
cart is stuck in the mud mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. seeing the soldiers and the people suffering on the way to no man's land. Right. That that was originally in the screenplay, but they decided not to shoot it for time. And then she decided that that was so necessary to lead up to show the pathos of, mm-hmm. of yeah. the suffering that they're going into. That says a lot that because you, oh, you yeah. hear about reshoots all the time in many, many movies. And in the negative. And in the negative, and, and you know, and even so the positive, but this is such, was such a finely crafted movie that the only reshoot it needed was a single set of shots to bring more pathos. Mm-hmm. And her her wordless reaction to what was going on and seeing all the suffering, and, you know, she's grown up on this island paradise. She's not seen any of this. She doesn't realize that the quote-unquote world of man, as they call it, you know, as the Amazons called it, was full of this, you know, and then to throw it into World War One, which is one of the worst periods in history mm. for, hum- for, for, for human suffering, suffering yeah. you know, just, you know, with, with a mere look as she's, you know, looking left and right and seeing this, you can almost feel her pain as she's realizing this is what I've been sheltered from. This mm-hmm. is what I've been protected from all my life. And that, you know, I'm supposed to be this warrior that's supposed to defend you know, being brought up to defend humanity against mm-hmm. this kind of suffering, and now I'm seeing it firsthand. It's just, it's gut wrenching. And talking about script, you know, it's not in the script. Is the scene in the boat where she's trying to trying to figure out why he won't lay down with her? That was all improv. Oh, oh, was it? Yeah, that whole bit was improv. Nice. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> Which shows a lot more acting chops than uh, I like Chris Prime, but I didn't think of him being, you know a sharp on his feet kind of actor. And obviously he is looking at the little mini debate that occurred on the layer between Matt and Nathan. Uh, cause Nathan, <clears throat> Nathan Ray, he, he ripped it apart in the lair and, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't very, uh, very happy with it. And he did not like a lot of the, the plot, uh, issues in it. Um, like the, uh, it looks like they sailed from Greece to London overnight, that type of thing. Themyscira is supposed to be somewhere in the Atlantic, but it could be closer to London. We don't know because it's it never the, firmly established in the comics. Well, is it? Is How it, far is, can a biplane fly? Because a bar, biplane flew from Turkey, right? Uh, well, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Turkey, Themyscira would be uh, then in... Uh, the eastern mediterranean unless it was somewhere else right so they definitely couldn't do it overnight so we have to just assume that there's a bunch of days and nights we don't see because that'd be dull to watch yeah yeah that's the thing i mean to to nathan's point you do have to assume that it does sort of look like she goes to sleep she wakes up oh look we're in london he even says we we hitched a ride because they're tied to a tug Mm -hmm. and he's like so we made good time but you're not going to do that overnight but at the same time, you can simply make the leap of, well, okay, there were several days in yeah. between. Mm-hmm. How many sleep-wake periods have exactly. we gone through to this? And uh, point, I, you so. know, and I definitely, I definitely felt that because I thought the same thing. They didn't do yeah. that in one day. Yeah. Actually, and, it could be solved by just this one simple line: "Hey, we finally made it." Exactly, mm-hmm. and that was the thing that was missing was a throwaway line right. that that alluded to a or or Steve Trevor going. You're going to have to explain how your island works because we were a hell of a lot closer than we should have been. Mm. You know, the mystical yep. nature of Themyscira, right. something like that. But 
Um, I, li- I like the second, the first answer better. The uh, took, took a long time sure, to get here. Yeah. Sure, just throw out a simple yeah. line. Well, finally here. Yeah. You know, we don't, you know, no more fish. Nope. <laughs> we get to eat some red meat. Mm-hmm. Something like that. You know. Um, <laughs> I like the fact they actually put Etta Candy into the thing, which is, a, you know, I don't think, was Etta Candy in any of the 70s stuff at all? I don't know. And that was like such a character from the 40s. Um, you know who plays that, by the way? Um, the girlfriend from Shaun of the Dead. No. Oh. Yeah. I think she's wearing a fat suit, too, because I've seen some glamour pictures of recently where she's not as heavy as she is in that thing. Hmm. She's the one that's the, uh, not, uh, Shaun's girlfriend, the, the, Shaun's girlfriend's roommates, those two, that couple. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. It's that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't think yeah, of the character names right now. I can right see now. her face, though. I know. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. What did you think of Ares as a villain? It's it's tough to say because I mean you're talking about Greek gods and Greek gods, you know, throughout the mythology have always played tricks on humanity. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense that, you know, if you have the god of war trying to keep humanity fighting each other, keep them in a perpetual state of war, that he's going to probably be somebody that's at least in the public eye promoting peace and an armistice while behind the scenes slowly moving the pieces to get them to continue fighting. Mm-hmm. So as far as the full on battle, well, it's what a Hollywood movie is going to do at this, you know, this climax of a, a film. They're always going to have the big bad battle. And I think it was fine. I, again, not my favorite part of the movie, it was a fun. It was a fun romp, but at the same time, you know, there's if there's different third act battles that I f- have found more more appealing or more fun. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. Volume Two, that third act battle. Well, and was we, a lot we talk more about fun. Doctor Strange too, where they broke that formula and it was, yeah. they thought their way out of it instead of punched their way out of it, which I'd like to see more of. Sure. Um, Although I will say for this one. I wanted to see Wonder Woman punch the hell out of some people. Yeah, I, right, I was, sure. mm-hmm. Whereas normally I'm like, I'd like to see a different outcome instead of gr- good guy punch bad guy. Right. But in this case, I wanted to see good girl pu- yeah. punch ga- bad guy a lot. I saw a lot of people yeah. making fun of the um, um, when they flashed back and showed Ares as a, as a god in the armor and stuff. He still had the uh, cheesy 1916 mustache. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I as written, I didn't really like Ares because that whole myth behind him and, and the Amazons and the God Killer and it, it was very Judeo-Christian rather than Greek mythology. It's also kind of Loki-ish. Um, uh, well, I, I didn't even see that. I, I saw him as kind of Lucifer, but not the rebellious Lucifer that, that people, that modern pop culture has, has told us to admire, but actually the corrupter who's going after Zeus's creation, which actually isn't even you're right that is much more luciferian that 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 Mm. that's more that that, that's more uh judeo-christian than it is greek mythology um you know Ares was really just a personification of the the awfulness and madness of battle whereas Mm. athena was you know the goddess of wisdom and uh, the more nobler aspects of it which there is your 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 juxtaposition if you want to have it Especially since Athena is the warrior goddess, as a patron of the Amazon, she's perfect. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You know? that's the, they didn't reference Athena very much. No, because... Which I thought was funny, because, because that's very well established throughout 
Yeah, and comics wants to go with the big guy. So they're right. going to go with Zeus because Zeus is the most powerful, greatest of the Greek gods as opposed to the real, the really more reasonable and, and more appropriate iconography. Because if I'm not mistaken, in one of the comic origin stories, didn't Diana's mother pray to Athena to I give her a child? And, but, it, but it was Zeus that brought life to the clay sculpture. But I, yeah. if I remember correctly... She, you know, Biggs I, maybe I will probably right. chime in, or right. he's somewhere. He's pulling his hair out because I'm yeah. not remembering correctly. But <laughs> I, I do seem to remember that she prayed to Athena to give her a child, and then she sculpted the one out of the clay, and then it was Zeus that brought it to life. But I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you one visual thing that bugged me was the lasso. I love the, I love the introduction of the lasso. I loved the way it was being used in fighting. The way it was animated was too cartoony. Really, it was. I didn't. It was glowing bright. I I love that. Well, see, I it, liked it, it a lot. I would I would have liked to see it drop the glow down so you could actually see the rope underneath the texture of the rope. Yeah, I could see what you're saying there. I liked it because as a contrast to the rest to of the, the world, mm-hmm. the, the whole and probably that was yeah. a deliberate choice. Sure, well, it was yeah, a brighter you, colored movie than the other two DC films. But it was still, yeah, it was dialed down. Yeah, the, oh, it was, it the was, colors were very muted in this one to make it look for the World War World II, II era. right? Uh, World War One effect, right? There was yeah, mascara on the other hand. I want to, I want to, oh yeah, I want oh, a vacation colored. there. Oh man. my god, that was just that was such awesome. I did not fucking recognize Robin Wright at first. Yeah, uh, there was just man. It took me a second I, when I was watching. Know, and I was like, what, where do I know her did, from? Has like, she ever done anything before? And then I'm like, <laughs> holy fucking shit. All they needed. Uh, it, oh, it would have been awesome if there was one, just one moment when somebody <laughs> yeah. said that. It just would have been awesome because eventually I'm like, ah, Princess Buttercup. Holy yeah. fucking shit. Right. Yeah. And and she did look good. She, you know, there. I couldn't get past Claire Underwood. That's all I saw. I was, <laughs> waiting. I was waiting for that. I assume that Themyscira is almost 100% CG. Because if it isn't, uh, I want to go wherever that is. That's a good question. Yeah. Because that is that was gorgeous scenery. It was, yeah. Well, I like how they use the bright primary colors with the mascara, and then yeah. the very mute, almost lack of color when mm-hmm. you got into the, the quote unquote world of man, and yeah. has just very had that kind of antiquey look to it, mm-hmm. to kind of match that picture that she pulls out of the case at the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I had one gripe, it <sighs> would be that. It was very quickly from the time she realized that she's a demigod till she suddenly starts getting her powers to fight Ares at the end. Mm. It, it felt like maybe they could have started, you know, seeing bits of that in the second act. I realized that on the island you saw a little bit of it when she puts the, uh, the gauntlets together and you have that big flash that, you know, knocks out uh, her aunt there. Yeah. And the gauntlets, but, by the way, I love the bracers, basically. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, As opposed to I, just the little Right. I bracelets. thought that was a much more effective idea for deflecting bullets than a tiny little target on your wrist. I did love that scene when the alleyway, though, where uh, Steve Trevor keeps trying to push her behind him, and then the guy fires the gun, and she's the one that sticks the arm mm-hmm. out and deflects it with the gauntlet. Yeah. So she's stay the back, one. Stay back. She's now the one pushing him <laughs> right. back. Yeah. I loved that. Nice little take on it. Was, that was really and a nice little finely, add-on. Finally framed when he catches the bullet, and he's like, yeah. ah, ah, yeah, because ah, ah, <laughs> it was so damn hot. Mm-hmm. Right. Pretty good. Pretty cool. Smashing her glasses. Her right. glasses. Right. Come Which off only appear- then- oh yeah. She puts on the glasses of disguise and, <laughs> and 
Edda goes, oh, yeah, like, now you can't tell she's the most beautiful woman in the world. Yeah. 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 And I like the fact that glasses only existed for, like, a minute of they screen time. They got rid of them. That was a good touch. But, yeah, uh, performance all around from every single actor in the film, I thought, was tip-top. Um, I think it was sound structurally all the way through the film overall. Yeah, there's little nitpick things that we could give it, but I think beginning to end, it was finely crafted and used the traditional three-act structure, which you don't get a lot anymore. Sometimes they skipped right from first to third act now, uh, which apparently is a big reason why Mummy is doing very poorly is because they don't really do a lot of character development second act stuff, I hear um, according to some of the reviews. World building in that movie. Yeah. That's so. kind of slowing it down. Mm. There's a lot of world building, is that what you said? Ooh. Oh. Now you're making me interested. <laughs> so, um, I mean, and there's no extra credits. Just remember that. Yeah. yeah no there is, there is no stinger at the very end. Although people who are hearing this probably have seen it. So right. So they're either like, now you tell me, or they already know. We told them last week. Chris Pine's death. That bit seemed awfully contrived to me. It really was kind of, it seemed to me a clumsy way to get to Trevor sacrificing himself to give Diana that final push. I don't know how you guys well, felt she about hadn't, that. I, I mean, I don't think it was necessary per se because she does have to go back in her thoughts and and kind of scan through the memory bank to see what he actually said because she didn't quite, right. you know, but she was the, still stunned from the explosion. Sure, but the whole thing about hit, you know, him oh, having to die. I'll, I'll get on the plane and, and I'll fly it and and will de- I mean it it was it to me it was really difficult to digest as a as a as a moment. That was a hard fought part of writing where they were, the writers are going back and forth. I'm sure trying to figure out how yeah. to do that, and they didn't get the right one exactly. Well, they needed the urgency of we got to destroy the plane now, mm-hmm. and you hadn't quite got to the point where she realizes she's basically indestructible. Right, and and it but it also was interrupted by the fact that Trevor needed to have that moment to speak to her mm-hmm. because it's like if you play it where she's the only one and she was the only one who could hold off Aries uh-huh. he could be like you hold off Aries I'll take care of the plane right and she could be all no 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 that's gonna kill you and he's like I, you gotta stop him or but the fact or, that she, she was so or how about this or she goes let me do it and he's like you don't know how to fly a plane yeah <laughs> yes, and, but the and fact that, that, that she that was introduces still, us to an invisible plane later on, inspiring her to learn how to fly. But it right? is I, actually, I wow. think that scene is very intriguing because of the fact that he's speaking to her like she's understanding everything that he is saying. Where when you look at it from her perspective, she's stunned; she can barely hear. I like that moment. Uh, that moment so she that doesn't. Moment she doesn't really great. know what's going on. That moment in of itself, yeah. was great. But then the whole thing about why he had to do what he had to do with the plane was difficult. Because it's like, yeah, because that was one of Nathan's gripes. And I kind of agreed with him. It's like, well, why didn't he just fly the plane out and then ditch it in the ocean? Or why? Well, because they, maybe it's a throwaway line earlier where he says it's hydrogen based, so it's flammable. So he's like, if I ignite it, it'll burn off the, the gas, right? And they said, yes. If he just crashes it in the ocean. Being hydrogen-based, it's still going to escape and float into the air, even if it's under the water in the canisters. So I think the urgency of him igniting the gas so that it burns off the 
toxin or whatever it is that's in this this poison was the point. But he had to get it up in the air so that it didn't affect the people on the ground. It's a, it's a clunky bit of writing in a pretty, is, in a, yeah. a pretty in a well-written movie. It made yeah. sense to me in the way that it's set up. Maybe it just didn't catch on with everybody. But I, I remember him catching that. I remember it, you saying all. I remember all of that being said. But I was yeah. just like, does he, does he really have to do it that way? I liked what Chris Pine did. I think yeah. he could have stood to maybe start singing the national anthem or something when he shoots it. But. I really didn't have an issue with that whole. I know. I'm just kidding, yeah. Matt. That that whole flying away, having to destroy it that way, if only because of if nothing else, human beings being infallible thinkers as yeah. we are, especially yeah, he, in a high tension moment, is that yeah he reacted. Ha- yeah, it's a lot of reaction. It's so. very hard to convey when the audience has the luxury of just sitting there and exactly. looking through everything. You could yeah. have sent Simon Pegg. He was suicidal. <laughs> Listen, you don't kill off Spud. We've already gotten through that. <laughs> that was the neat, neatest part, is everybody made it. Yeah. Right. That I was, I mean, except for Trevor. Like I said last yeah. week, I was fully expecting uh, that actor, the yeah. Spud, I was which was for, another beautiful for him to die. scene. When she sees him on the board, she sees his picture, and the, the, the ragtag crew is with her. And then she turns and walks out, and they slowly lose her in the crowd. It's like they lost him and her at the same time, because you see the looks on their faces as she's like walking away, and they're kind of turning to to try to catch the last glimpse of her, and then she's just gone. That was like another kind of heartbreaking moment mm. too, because you realize, you know, here someone they've come to a door and they've been through through a big battle with, and then she's just now gone too. Mm-hmm. So. What are your thoughts? So throw it on the shock monkey's lair. I want to know what you thought of Wonder Woman. I know many of you already have, but in case you haven't, throw it under this episode. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Back Jack Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. I want more Wonder Woman in my life. There was yeah. there was one guy. I, I, I didn't link it. I, I forgot to. There's one guy who actually on YouTube explained where does the power of Wonder Woman's theme come from. And then he points out that musically, it's very similar to Immigrant Song. Okay. That march style. Thanks, Sandy. That really helped. I was doing it with you. (laughs) Yeah, no. You did it with me, but you didn't do it with me. (laughs) Sorry. But he actually breaks down the musical build and, and the way it's constructed. And then he links to that, and then he points out other references to the immigrant song uh, uh, theme. Let's call it, and it's it's actually a pretty cool little bit on hmm. um, on uh, YouTube. But it was hmm. it was it was really 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 cool. And I looked at that, and I'm like, aha! So Thor Ragnarok wasn't even the first <laughs> to use it, because it is a great battle. Him thing. Mm-hmm. So is Spider Man the next big summer movie, or is there something before there? Now, there's got something's got to well, be. There's the mummy. Between now. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we call um, it the mother of all movies. Um, I think I think actually Homecoming is next up. So because that's July seventh. That's actually yeah the right there in the beginning of July. So it gets yeah, released in the next three, three weeks. weeks away. There's got to be some big summer movie in the next three weeks, right? Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure there I have is. To look it up, oh. is there? Yeah. Well, it's 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 summer. Yeah. It's like at least, at least not least one that I'm counting weeks. the days. For it's not right. for. That's what I'm saying. It's like what what is 
fl- something is flying under our radar right now, mm. right? And I want to know what it is. I know I was looking at the, at the uh, movies, you know, because I have days off now, and I see them in the middle of the day when they're cheaper. And I was looking at Kong. I'm looking at. Uh, I might go watch the Mummy. I might watch uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm trying to think what else is coming up. So yeah, I do want to know. Oh, what's that's another up. one that came and yeah, just fizzled Pirates Five. But I guess you know. I can't believe I've met a couple people who actually liked Pirates oh, and were not uh, happy with Guardians. Here it is. What Transformers comes out twenty oh, first of June? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I don't give a shit about. Uh, yeah, yeah exactly. you said Blockbuster. That no, is no, a Blockbuster. No, that's that's, that's oh. kind of what I was expecting. So it's got to yeah. be something that something we don't doing give nothing a shit for about. me. Mm-hmm. What is it? And yeah, it's Transformers. So wow. And with Alex Kurtzman running the whole Dark Universe saga, he's one of the brain children behind the Transformers series. Who's directing the Bumblebee movie? Somebody cool is directing the Bumblebee movie. Uh, is it? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Somebody cool. Yeah. Bumblebee. I might go see this, and I can't believe I'm going to say that. The Transformers one? Yeah. Is it because of the whole? I just. I'm just I still it's Wahlberg, isn't it? It's because it of Wahlberg. His Donnie. Oh no, that's that's the brother. Mar- Marky Mark. No. Yeah. <laughs> Just one time there's going to be a good one. There has to be. Sure. A law of average. <laughs> sure. As time goes on, those movies are bound to get better. Whoa, this, <laughs> these, these rotten shrimp, man. But come on, there's got to be a good one. In there. Keep right. eating through. We'll just leave them out in the yeah. sun a little yeah. longer. It just takes a little longer to... So Despicable Me 3 is coming out. Oh, okay, that's no, cool. I'm going to keep hitting my thumb with this hammer. And one of these times, it's not going to hurt. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Boy, oh no, boy. no, no, no. You go ahead. You go see Transformers, uh, Knights of the Round X, <laughs> X2 Scorpio. <laughs> the Last Night, sponsored by Sonic. <laughs> That's how low it's dropped. Sonic. Fucking Sonic Restaurant is the sponsor for oh, is Transformers it? Last Night. Wow. Well, maybe I won't. You just. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Green uh, red lighted for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. If you do go, I want a full report. Yeah, really. Matt's all like, I, I got to go home and rethink my life now. <laughs> and in what fact, we thinking? won't even spoiler alert that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll just, just do yeah, it. We'll let that go because what's there to spoil? Spoiler uh, alert. got beaten. Big oh, robots no. are going to fight. <laughs> Yay. And someone's going to say something really stupid. Mm-hmm. Repeatedly. <laughs> and there'll be a shot of Megan Fox's ass? Uh, no, is that's the Turtles now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which is the other one you want to see. I thought she was in this one. Is she? I don't know. I don't care. Uh, I don't the, either. From the previews, the the chick is Megan oh, Fox okay. like. It's okay. um, Bumblebee movie is gonna be Travis Knight, the guy that did uh, Kubo and the uh, the animated thing with the musical. Kubo instrument. and the two. Sh- wow, yeah. that almost sounds interesting. Yeah, exactly. Did almost you see makes Kubo? Me care. No, it's actually it's neat. It's actually it uh, it draws a lot on. Uh, it's like paper mache shit, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, so. Japanese origami and yeah. kind of like a magic paper based mache. on that <laughs> and. Paper mache. Paper mache. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. I'm sure sure that director will be given lots of freedom to pursue. Oh, you know what, you big cynic. You big, you, you. (laughs) When it comes to the the Transformers. Uh, yeah, but you when you wa- when you watch it on Xbox X, it's gonna look so good. <laughs> Push the button, Frank. <laughs> <laughs>